Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to Tone Talk with Mark Uzanski and Dave Friedman. Uh, it's episode 120. Oh, shit. Hmm. Is that me? I don't know. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of high tech, yeah, here we go. Speaking of high tech, there you go. Did you have it going somewhere else? I think I did. Whoops. I didn't imagine that I did that. Oh, that way they right, know well, it's live. This is yeah. live. Well, this is I, live. They, I heard them saying, oh, shit, like three times. So. <laughs> it was real, man. Yeah. So, no matter uh, how many times we do this, we can't get it right. It's all right, man. Well, <laughs> showbiz, no folks. And no matter how many times I try, like, I'm just like, I'm, I'm, I think I'm prepared. You know, like, I'm like, I got it all down. I got notes. You know, it doesn't matter. Right, anyway, so episode 123, <laughs> and uh, we've got Robert Keeley and Andy Timmons, and uh, I've been excited about this episode for a while. How are you guys? Good, man. Good to have you. Good to good to be with you, I should say, Mark and David. Good to be with you. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for having us. Good sure. to be with you guys, too. This is fun. Absolutely. Yeah, you did it before, and that was, yeah. that was, that was, that was a pre-Bionic Man. That's right. <laughs> the new and improved, the new and modded. Improved he's a, it's a modded Robert Keeley. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I definitely was true bypass. There you go. <laughs> there it is. Yeah. You awesome. said we go. We're having you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man, that's awesome. Yeah. So, uh, I hope everybody in the audience is doing good and uh, enjoying whatever you're drinking of choice for Friday. Yeah. Um, uh, Andy is all set up with his with his rig and the yeah, the, fantastic. those those that know me from my my live streams will recognize where I'm at. This is the studio up, upstairs in my house where I did a bunch of um, live stream broadcast during the pandemic. I you know got crafty with doing uh, live stream shows from the house since we couldn't leave, and so they're probably tired of seeing the blue lights and the same amps behind me for you know some like 150 shows or so, but. Uh, but anyway, yeah, I've got my uh, got my guitar plugged in in case we need to to sample anything or or not. Happy to chat. Oh, I, well, whatever, I whatever you guys want to do, you know. I can't wait to dive into uh, talking about this this puppy. Hey, there it is. Wait, I have mine too. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> they're multiplying. <laughs> they're multiplying. Okay, Beautiful. I got uh, nice. I meant nice. that over in the desk, and I'm like, whoops. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice, uh, nice. Before we dive in, I just want to uh, mention our sponsors. We have Sweetwater, uh, so Sweetwater.com. If you guys check out our link below, uh, you can. And I, and I do believe Sweetwater is a dealer for you, Robert, right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That means That's you like can go out and buy this Halo at Sweetwater. <laughs> yep, I actually provided, I provided yeah. a link. Uh, oh, that's great. An affiliate link in our that's description awesome. below. So. If you guys click on the link, it goes right to the Keeley Halo pedal, uh, and you can purchase it. It helps out our channel, and then um, I know it helps out uh, Keeley and and Andy as well. So yeah, that's right. That's awesome. Dave, that's where I that's where I met you. You yeah. for the first time, I, you were with Grover Jackson. That was really cool. Yeah, I think we did a guitar presentation or something. Yeah, the same same day we had. Yeah, uh, mm -hmm. yeah. Or bubble tron, yeah. I think it's so fun it's going there. I don't know oh, about yeah. those presentations, but yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, okay, you're on yeah. <laughs> exactly. It's 7 a.m. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Do your best. The first one is at 7 a.m. Yeah, exactly. Wow. I, I, took a, I took a guitar player with me once, and, and he's like, Wait a minute, 
I got to play at 7 a.m. <laughs> I've done that one. I've done that one before yeah. too. That's it's it's, it's <laughs> lots like, of uh, lots of coffee involved for sure. Bunch of, bunch of coffee and put yeah. on a smile and there you go. I'm gonna be oh. up there. I'm going up there in the. I, think, I forget the date. I should know my own dates, but sometime sometime in the middle of September, I've got a master class and then a, one of those recording work, workshops. So I think if you go to oh, Sweetwater.com, cool. you can find out about how to attend that. Be nice. I love I love it. I love being up there. I've got an old friend up there named Don Carr that's kind of in charge of the whole. Oh yeah, oh, yeah I know Don. Yeah. Yep. So he and, he and I um, played in uh, rival bands back in the Midwest. He was in in, in uh, um, Henderson, Kentucky, and I was in Evansville, Indiana. But he had a band. Uh, I think it was called, not Infinity, but what was it? Um, oh, good Lord, I can't remember right now. But anyway, friends from high school and early college and back back in the day. So I'm really proud of him. He's done very well. We like Don. Don's a cool guy. Sweet. Yeah, oh, yeah. definitely. Good player, too. Yeah. yeah, he is. Heck yeah. Yeah, absolutely. We've got uh, actually Sean Tubbs in the, the chat here. He says, so if I hey. buy that Halo, will I get all the stuff that Andy plays with it? Both my licks. You get both <laughs> the, the two, the two, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Sean, I think you got some licks of your own. Yeah, I think he's doing all right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's awesome. Um, so yeah, just hey to everybody. Uh, my wife's in the chat. Oh, hey, but that. Sean, you should buy that pedal. <laughs> it, it's really great. Yes. All right. so, yes, I agree. I agree. Um, so how did so how did this the pedal come about? Like I know it's been a long time in the making. I think right. It was a bit in the making. So. God, how to actually talk about the actual origin, but really it came down to me realizing that, you know, what I was wanting hadn't been, you know, made yet. I'm just, I'm a long time echo, you know, fanatic back from even from when the Rockman came out with that echo. And then I was adding, that was my, that was actually my main rig when I was um, like late, late high school, early college was I had a Rockman into an AD202, one of those rack mount Ibanez multi-effect units they had delay on it into a, a music man 115 so it was echo into more echo <laughs> into the amp and I, I thought it i mean it did it sounded pretty damn amazing probably pretty processy but um from there you know just a variety of different tape echoes and memory man echoes and then eventually the timeline which i was using but it was you know the timeline was great but it was it does so many things i really just needed a smaller pedal that did the one sound i was going for and and the timeline did a pretty good job of getting what i was normally getting with two memory man echoes in series together um with that particular type of modulation and what those preamps would do to the tone mm-hmm. um but i went to daniel steinhardt he's a good buddy of mine the guy that uh builds the the gig rig the mm-hmm. the, the, G, that the G, show. yeah that pedal show right so uh, lovely guy, one of the smartest guys I know out there. I just said, who should I go to, to that could help me make this pedal? And without flinching, he just said, Robert Keeley's the guy. And so that was it. It was at a NAMM show. He just walked me over to where Robert was at the NAMM show. He introduced us. And we hit it off great. And, you know, as things go, it t- kind of takes a little while to get things started. But uh, so that maybe from three years from that date, we finally got it out there. But as as we were talking about earlier, Robert had some health problems. There was all kinds of things going on. You might have heard about that pandemic thing that happened. And, I heard about you know, that. The kids and their pandemics. Um, yeah, so it was just kind of, but once we really, in fact, I think, I know, Robert, your, your surgery was in March of 2020. We first got together in January of 2020. Yeah. Is that right? Well, that was the first trip I came. So luckily, 
Robert and the company, they're in Oklahoma City, which is only about maybe three plus hours from McKinney, Texas, where I live in, in North Texas here. So every time we got to, to you know, to work together, we, we could just drive each other's places, you know. Sometimes they would come to my studio, sometimes I'd go up there. But from that from that time, it was maybe about a year and a half when we first got in a room and listened to all these different units and, you know. That, that first time, that first time, Andy, was, <laughs> Dave, I, I'm sure you can relate to this where, you know, you're, you're getting ready to audition some piece of equipment to somebody that you admire their sound and definitely their opinions and everything else. And you, you think you got it nailed. So you, you feel pretty confident. And then you listen to that, the artist play through their rig and you're like, Oh, wow. <laughs> I, I have got a lot of work to do <laughs> because yeah. that is a really complex type of nuance. And I don't know that we have the chops to, to do that. So the, the very first time that we got together was like in February of 2020 February. and right before the pandemic got oh. all crazy. Yeah. And uh, uh, I remember thinking, man, uh, that, that's not going to be easy to get those those sounds that you had with the Strymon. How, how yeah. long did you how long did you run the Strymon again? How many years? It's I, I really don't recall. Um, it was maybe four or five years my, my yeah. chronology is horrible mm -hmm. but it literally was like because i was using the two vintage uh, memory man echoes I, in the studio i was also using the ep3 tape echoes i really love that sound running through the th running into the front end of the marshals um but the, the the thing that i was getting with the memory man's memory men i never know what to say <laughs> that's your <laughs> The two memory men's uh together was really a special kind of sound so i spent a long time with the timeline trying to replicate that. And I always said I got it like 92%. It was like, but in a much more, you know, in a handier, you know, dependable unit, those old vintage, you know, electromonics guys were always breaking down on me. And anyway, long story short, the timeline worked great, but it was not quite exactly what I was looking for. You know, I, I, it was the best I had at the time. That was, that was kind of ish for me. Right. Yeah. Uh -huh. it, it's not as simple as putting together, the concept of a, a quarter note and a dotted eighth note. It wasn't, it was not that simple. The, the sounds that you had curated in that timeline, all your, you know, magic settings, right. um, those, those took a lot of work to unravel <laughs> and then get to the point where we were making music with it. It, it took, right. it literally took us years to, to figure out this sound and figure right. out what was making it sound good and then do more of that. Right. And then, sure. And then we were tracking down a variety of bizarre noises and it, yeah. just, it just plagued us behind the scenes, the, in, the entire years of the right. thing. And, uh, uh, we didn't know for sure if it was, you know, maybe our layout of the circuit, you know, was that causing some sort of digital trash to get in there mm -hmm. and, or, or was it, something that we were doing weird with our code. Maybe we don't know how to, you know, program this, this device, you know, maybe we're doing something wrong. And, uh, so we had, we had at one point in time, we had literally four different circuit boards of the exact same thing, just different layouts, different grounding principles. And, uh, eventually we figured it out. It was a combination of things, you know, as, as with anything, it was a little bit of this and a little bit of that, but wow. It, it was it was very challenging to for my team to to develop all those the nuances that you had 
picked out in the memory men and the right. and the timeline you know those right that was a lot to kind of craft together well the key the key and what i'm so thankful for robert between you and aaron and of course everybody else at the at the at the company was that we that we could be in the room together for all the for the the main audio tweaks and at least for the auditioning instead of trying to send a unit back and forth and talk about it over the phone to be in the room and experience yeah. those different nuances. And once something else got changed, it might've compromised something else in that, that process that you go through, but to be in the room and recognize the sound when you hear it. And then when we got it to the point where we knew we had improved upon, you know, what I had been using, mm-hmm. that was, that was really special. It, it was, it was, it was everybody's arm was <laughs> Fully erect hair, yeah. you know. It was like, <laughs> exactly. look at that, look at that, <laughs> and it was it was so exciting because it was from sounds that we were making. And yeah, it was like, exactly. But wow, you, you, I just don't I don't get there very. So, often. but then all all, all the other stuff that you, you know? what you guys went through, you know, was after you would leave and you'd have to go back and figure out, well, how do we do this? I mean, yeah. so I didn't, you know, I wasn't participate participatory in any of that that struggle or whatever was gone through, but. Just happy we got there, and thank you for that. But yeah. but just really wanting to get it right. You know, you wanted to take the time, and we're happy to spend that time. It wasn't about just cranking something out to get a product out by, by a deadline. You guys really cared a lot about. Oh, hey man, who <laughs> that is? What a oh, what a man. what a hero shows up, man. Hey, Mister Pete, what's, what's going on here, man? Hello, we, sir. We just got Pete blocked. <laughs> yeah. We got Dave and Mr. talk here. I'm sorry, you're right in the middle of the story, and I just walked into Dave's shop. And Dude, I, that's the best. That's the oh, best. Yeah. How you doing, buddy? Good. How are you guys? We're good. We're good. Doing good. Talking about Echo, believe it or not. <clears throat> Dude, you got your whole, like, streaming setup going, which is I mean, what, where else am I going to yeah, go? You can play guitar. <laughs> I could have oh, gone from the that? kitchen, you know? I'm not sure why Venus by the Shocking Blues is the first lick I always play with. <laughs> it's a great song. That was great. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Best solo. Uh, it's over the minor. <laughs> I'll bicker and argue over major and minor thirds. It's a happy occasion, you know. Yeah, what's a half step between? <laughs> what's friends? a half step? It's all blues, man. <laughs> you know, she she, <laughs> she sang that entire song phonetically. She was Dutch and didn't speak any English. So when you listen to it, it's like wow. you could tell oh, that's that's not her native native language. Right, great, right. great vocal true. though. That's true. Yeah. Wow. Anyway, Did you get back on the road, Pete. <laughs> um, uh, when sort of I was up. Uh, taking a couple of days off actually and then i gotta head out on sunday so uh, oh busy time crazy. yeah it's a busy it's a crazy time i gotta go to europe in a couple of days and stuff so it's crazy but i'm glad i got to see you guys glad to yeah. see you feet right on yeah. man. I'm, I'm, gonna go, I'm gonna go over to my place now and all right. uh, i'll continue watching i want to live on all that right. i want to live on that yeah, street come exactly. on man it's right. a, a good place to be man it what is a place rock <laughs> north hollywood there you go all right, there, buddy. See you soon, man. Safe travels, buddy. <laughs> That's great. That was cool. All I've got yeah. is my—I can get my cat to make an appearance here, but that's she. Uh, she's sleeping I've had next my to cat me. make an appearance before. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm traipsing across Pandem- your desk. Pandemic times, doing it from home. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly, exactly. Starts meowing. <laughs> <laughs> this one's quiet. She won't yell at me. At least I don't think. We'll see. So. One before we get into uh, 
super chats and questions that we've got yeah. from folks. Um, you were in the middle of the story, and uh, yeah, but you know the the thing I think that's amazing because you were saying it's just not the the essence of putting two different uh, delay times together to come up with what you're doing. I mean, it's it's really to make it musical and make it blend and to trail yeah. light and everything. It's it sounds well, it just sounds amazing right off the bat. Thank you know. You. Even if you're not doing Andy's dual delay thing, even if you're using it as a mo- like just a delay, right? Right. Sonically, it sounds great. Awesome, man. And what I mean by that is, like for me, what sounds great is you know that that old rack gear, you know that lexicons and things yeah. like that that you you know might have had in the past. Uh, those just sound is so good, and mm-hmm. and you know, and a lot of times in this day and age with just DSP pedals and stuff, it's it's kind of like I kind of look at it like well that's the cd version of uh, or no that's the mp3 version <laughs> oh shit yeah. of, right 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 of the album <laughs> yeah you know yeah. and it, it, it you know those old things had this richness and this hard to put into words what it is they no for it, sure right? for sure Heel and tone and like right. this, this uh probably just coloration really you know different different kinds of coloration and the cool thing about this box is that you can make it be whatever you want it to be sort of it is highly Uh, it's highly tweakable i mean we spent we spent the majority of the time on trying to get that sound that i was looking for but what they did in the process was make it so highly tweakable like you're talking about david that you can really tailor it yeah to the type of echo that you want you know yeah, you, really you want it can. darker play with the tone knob you want uh, the the high pass filter okay great and that saturate that saturation now the yeah. saturation yeah <laughs> i brought this up to robert i go i have never heard a delay pedal that sounds so good in front of an already distorted amplifier oh nice okay yeah that was so, one of the best compliments i got thank you that was if cool. you if you put this in front of a raging distorted amp and you set it up with the saturation kind of cranked on it oh okay it blends in it almost sounds like it's in the loop of the amp wow see i haven't tried that thank you thanks for that really really cool sounding you do that i actually like if i'm like going to an old marshall or something and it's distorted uh I, i crank the saturation all the way up Wow, wow, wow. Uh, if it's a distorted yeah. quite distorted you can kind of match it to how distorted the amp is but is um, the level low is the level quite low because of it being distorted what uh, the level of the pe- on the pedal are you oh you mean the mix yeah the, the mix the level yeah. uh you know that's the other thing that's great too even even when you do that the level has a lot of play in it so it's not like some stuff where you know if you're going into a distorted amp like that the level is like well it's off and now it's too much. Exactly. Yeah, no, exactly. we don't have that with this. This is done properly. Awesome. It's it, it, it's perfect for that. And then you then you dial in the tone if you want it a little darker, a little brighter, depending on, you know, how you want it, or uh, you know, you got I guess all the other stuff too, modulation and. Yeah. The the the. the I can't wait to try that, David. I have not I've not run my echo like that yet. Really yeah. Fun because you can you can take the time to zero so that the distorted echoes play essentially at the same time you're playing guitar and you have this incredible sound. I, I don't ever think of a digital, digitally based distortion as sounding particularly good, but it works with this echo. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know what, um, it's, 
It's, it, I would venture to so say great. it's the best pedal I've ever heard, ever, into front of a distorted amp. Wow. That is great. If you adjust it correctly. Sure, <laughs> sure. Yeah. I think that, and, and for me, that was the saturation all the way up. Wow. Yeah. And, wow. Uh, and, and then just adjust, uh, the, then just the darkness of the echo to taste, you know. Mm-hmm. Not super bright, not super dark, just somewhere, just a little yeah. rolled, little rolled off. And then I think the HP, I think I didn't have any high pass filter on. I think it was, yeah. it was all all the way, full, uh, and uh, yeah, and, and no modulation. I just had just a delay with a re- you know repeat or two, nice. simple, <laughs> and it worked. And, and a couple people that heard it were like. Wait, that's in front of the amp. <laughs> that was the comment of my employee that incredible you know, me for years. Wow. I go, How'd yeah, you... it's in front. He goes, wow. What made you discover that? Like, how were you just? Well, it has a saturation it? feature, so that was like, oh, well, that's to saturate the. Oh, let me try this. Hmm. You know, you, you know, echoplexes kind of work cool, relatively cool in front of an amp. I've ventured for to sure. say this works better. Wow. Wow. So. All right. Man. Thank you. Take that, Ro- take that, Robert yeah. Keeley. Way to go, man! <laughs> Let me plug it in my plexi later, and yeah, I was gonna yeah. say, hmm, it's giving me some mm-hmm. ideas here. Yeah, throw, throw it. Well, that's the thing. I, like the, e- the, the, I was, I was running mine kind of loud and clean, but this on the edge of breakup. But the EP3s work great in front of it. Um, but now, it, and the Halo does obviously as well too. But I want to hear it now with the amp uh, gained up because I just usually kind of self defeatingly go, oh, that's, that's going to be messy. You know, I would automatically it's think, well, not that's not messy. Gonna work. Incredible. Yeah, you know. That's exciting, man. Yeah, just go in the secondary mode, crank the saturation, just go all yeah. the way at first and then okay. and then set up the delay. I mean, this is just for not a double delay, you know, just your single yeah, sure, repeat sure. and a, you know, a little bit of repeats, adjust the mix and a little roll it off just right and Yeah, there you go. Boom. Nice. That's, That's awesome. awesome. That's fantastic. Good to know. So has the pedal been doing well since uh, it's launched? It it really has. It has done well, one of the one of the metrics that we were talking about at the shop is that it sold um, the whole our yearly estimate in thirty days. So, it, it's <laughs> far yikes! Uh, yes, it's doing you know. well then. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, we're, we're gearing up, and uh, I don't. I think I don't know. We're we're well over thirty eight hundred in the first. I don't know, a couple days here. <laughs> you know. Oh, that's great! Weeks. Incredible! Oh, so that's amazing. It it is. It Thanks to really David and Mark getting getting their own uh, yeah echoes there. <laughs> oh yeah, no, I mean I had to grab one, uh, especially that's great. That's great. when you start here. I, I saw the demos. I mean, I saw your demo, Andy. Yeah, uh, you know, it was made made me lust after one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and Pete, Pete, showed, Pete showed it to me, and then I'm like, ah, let me play with that. Nice. <laughs> well, and it's it's ultimately gratifying I, because then I, call, then I emailed Robert. <laughs> or, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Very, very cool. So, I mean, it was very, a very selfish pedal on my part. You know, it was like, this. I really wanted this very specific thing. And, of course, Robert was like, well, we've got that, but we can add these other things to it. Great. But you never know if it's going to resonate with other people. Um, so it's been hugely gratifying. And I, like I say, now, now that I hear how you're running it, Dave, and everybody else is kind of doing their thing with it, how they want to run it. And mm-hmm. it's, it's just been really gratifying to know, to know that they're, everybody's digging it like they are. It's incredible. I never could have imagined it. Especially yeah. when there's so many delay pedals out there. There's a right. couple. There's a few. Right? It's not like it's, it's things, things <laughs> not, have been, things have been done. That's but that's true. true. That's true. That's true. That but uh, true. man. Yeah. 
yeah. The, so. what, one of the reasons that that the um, modulation I think sounds so good on the, on that pedal there is it's it's kind of it's it's not very predictable in the way that it acts. Not that we have randomness uh, heat in there, but at different rates, there's actually different styles of modulation. The signals will be more or less in and out of phase and they'll they'll they have different characteristics depending on where the rate is set we 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 discovered that the rate just didn't sound good if you kept one kind of philosophy one kind of pitch wavering the entire time and you just made it faster it sounded like if it sounded better if and more like what andy liked if we changed the style of modulation around to at different rates it's like no at this rate we kind of do this thing and it sounds a little different and it doesn't get so pitchy and so there was there's a lot of nuance in in the the modulation even even the rate control is not a simple a simple feature Mm. you know right all those things add up together to to make to help you get a great delay sound you know and have it sit in the mix really well Mm. so that's the key that's the key yeah. in the mix and for it to trail off musically. It, it's like I, I wanted I wanted to uh, keep on saying that it sounded like a ducking feature, like the be- world's best ducking feature in that it would it would, you know, have the delays present when you stop playing. It, it almost always seemed to know how much space was available and whether we were going to fill it up with echoes or not. Mm. But it didn't have that bizarre compressor effect that goes along with, yeah. with ducking you know it, what i mean that they stay that, out of the way like like a good tape echo would do mm-hmm. and it has to do with how that how the first one where that repeat sets and then how they start to kind of feather or you say dissolve into each other mm-hmm. that creates more of kind of a reverb exactly a very extreme uh, level there but so without that <laughs> yeah, wow. that's a, yeah that's a huge difference and that's essentially why you know it's just never off. It's 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 really part of my tone, and I just have an expression pedal that I'll you know, I can take it from. Sorry, I can just kind of blend it. Of course, like any other you know modern piece of gear, the expression pedal can control any of the any of the parameters. But for me, it's clearly just a just a effect level. That's what I was going to ask you how you run it. Yeah, that's it. Um, I'm sure you could be a lot more crafty with it, but I tend to use the one sound mostly, and it's just, just kind of part of the, the overall. Well, that's great that you can just lower the delay if you want to get it to just dry. Yeah, yeah. no, absolutely. And there's obviously in certain sections you might want a bit more drama and more sustain. Like I, I, I kind of liken it also kind of like it's my sustain pedal on a piano. So I can get notes to just have that duration, more of a vocal quality. Right, and then others not. Yeah. 
amazing. Yeah. That, that, that saturate control and that, that the filtering that we do there and is one of the reasons why that the infinite hold that, that sustain works so well and doesn't doesn't blossom out of control because not only do we have that compression and saturation on it, but there's elements of the signal that are out of phase with each other. And so that kind of keeps this it keeps it from just building endlessly and exploding and distorting in that thing. So I, I, that saturate control is also <laughs> instrumental in why the, the infinite feedback is that hold like that. Right. And doesn't just, you know, get that typical digital distortion sound. Hmm. <laughs> Impressive. That's really cool. Yeah. The key is to hang out with smart people, folks. <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes it's- I know smart people. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, the, it, but it's like the Bob Ross thing, where it's like sometimes there's lots of happy accidents. You know, there's yeah. there's mistakes or miscalculations in the in the code that uh, sound better. <laughs> <laughs> right on. According to Andy's ears, it sounds better, <laughs> even though we well, might have. That's just it. I'll never forget. Yeah. We were mastering. Um, I made a record back in 2006 called Resolution, and. Uh, we had sent our final mixes off to mastering and we got the, the they would send a, a test pressing of the CD to you to check out. And it was clearly not what we'd sent them. And they kept saying, no, we're looking at, we're looking at the graph right now. We can tell you it's identical. <laughs> like, look at the graph while you want, but we're telling, you know, it's just one of those things. You, numbers and, and graphs don't necessarily mean what you're going to hear, right? You've got to trust, trust your ears. And again, that was the key, man, with, with Robert and Aaron. We, got, we were in the room and could really listen together, regardless yeah. of what the, the data was trying to tell us, right? You know, <laughs> there it was. But that, yeah, man. It's also very hard to put on the brakes because, like, you, you might have been at a point where you were completely enthusiastic about the sound, but I was worrying about, and my team was worrying about, you know, a, a variety of other problems that sure, were going on sure. in time, whether it could be chain supply solutions for even being able to build the darn thing. Yeah. Oh, God. yeah. Try, you know what I mean? To, you know, every possible. And was that a know. big problem? It's been a problem numerous times during this. I mean, it was the reason why it wasn't released in January, but waited till June. Um, so we could yeah. absolutely 100% be positive that we had all the parts there to, yeah. to build it. And um, we've had problems with uh, regulators uh, and microcontrollers, uh, D to A converters or codecs. We've had, a, you know, <laughs> even even probably capacitors have probably snuck in there with the halo as being a problem. You know, e- everything. It's crazy. <clears throat> the new modern world. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, you've probably seen it too, Dave. Where oh, we saw it. Yeah. It's just, it's all just, the parts distributors yeah. are scalping parts, buying parts, and then upcharging them. Yeah. It's like, what? Oh, you're really screwed when you're getting into chips. Yeah. 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 You know, and, and, and D-Days and A-Ds and, and like all everything you said. <clears throat> you were a little screwed for a while on some capacitors and some things, but that seems to have kind of yeah. uh, coming back in stock and everything, you know, seems to be coming back now. Um. But yeah, chips not so much still. <laughs> I know. No, it's very problematic. You're not the you're not the only one. I mean, there's people out there uh, that make even more advanced products that are just like, well, we can't make any. Yeah. 
What do you, when are you going to be able to make some? Oh, I don't know. A year and a half from now. Yeah. Those are the ETAs on, <laughs> you know, how to, how to, that's how to kill a company. Yeah. Wow. No, we, we've, we have literally had to redesign that platform um, numerous times to, uh, otherwise we couldn't have built it at all. We would have had to stop production. We had to redesign and do it a different way to, mm. you know, avoid a part shortage. Mm. <laughs> it's, Mm-hmm. It's really, it's really difficult to keep up with all those changes and, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. and everything. So, sure, absolutely, yeah, it's a lot of challenges to keep pumping <laughs> out product. You know, yeah, I'm, um, yeah. I want to remind. Uh, we also have our other sponsor. I totally forgot. Fixpedalboard.com. Fixpedalboards.com. Uh, they're also running a special, Dave. Right? Yeah. For Which, any tone talk. You have it in your. I gave it to you. Yeah. Uh, okay. I thought you. I thought you wanted to say it. <laughs> I'd have to look. <laughs> okay. Uh, so uh, discount for Tone Talk, folks. Uh, when you go to the fixpedalboards.com, uh, type in Tone Talk fifteen. It gets you fifteen percent off your order at checkout. So check out Tim's site at fixpedalboards.com. All right. Um, sorry about that. And then we also got some questions from Yay. folks. So uh, let's dive in. Fabio Mariera, uh, hi from Taiwan, best show ever. Met Andy at a clinic here. The best tone I ever heard live <laughs> and the nicest guy on planet Earth. Thank you, Fabio. The check is in the mail, as they say. Um, that's my one fan. Nice to hear from you, Fabio. I've been fortunate to go to Taiwan many times and uh, had some good clinics there and some very good uh, dumplings at uh, Din Tai Fung. Oh. If, if you know, you know. If you know, you know. That's the, I think the, the original Din Tai Fung is uh, there in uh, Taipei. So yeah. Wow. <laughs> but nice to nice to hear now from I'm you, hungry. man. And thank you for the compliment. I pre- I appreciate it so much. No problem. Yeah. Uh, we got a super chat from Plexico. Uh, hi all, a quad of experts. <laughs> quad. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Plexico. Um, I'm guessing he plays Plexis in Mexico, but I don't want to be. Profiling. <laughs> I don't want to be profiling here. Uh, Sparks and Guitars says the Halo pedal is amazing. Awesome, man. Mike. Thank you, thank you Mike. <laughs> Appreciate that very much. Oh, you yeah, know the guy? His check's also yeah, on the mail? Yeah, exactly. Check, exactly. Check we owe a lot. $1.97. Yeah, he's, he's, almost, he's almost family. We, <laughs> we're so yeah, right? yeah. Uh, Pascal Guitar. Uh, Andy, my favorite tone has always been the Gone and Ghost oh, of your yeah. theme parts on Resolution. Brilliant Thank album. You. Sounds like a good old Plexi, was it? Yeah, so, well, the, 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 those are from the same record. This, those are both from the Resolution record. And the majority of that record are these two marshals here, um, mostly running loud and clean. And I would use a, a, a four-knob, no, I'm sorry, a three-knob uh, two-works tube driver, then A-being those into two tape echoes usually the EP3, um, into the front of those marshals. But uh, Gone, yeah, I think that was neck pickup and kind of a, a little bit of gain. It could have been, my memory serves, maybe a tube screamer in front of it. But Ghost of You was actually a JCM 800 with a, the two outer tubes pulled for the 50-watt kind of thing. So that was an actual gained-up marshal. All the other gain on the record was usually from a pedal. But uh, but thank you for the compliment. I'm glad you let. See if I can get a little bit of the gone tone here. 
So the way I, the way I do that sound now is I've got a. <laughs> this is the second Robert Keeley modded blues driver that I've stolen. <laughs> so the first one from Nick Kinnerk that I've had on my board for years. But this, the board that I'm playing through right now is a temporary board that Daniel Steinhardt built for me for the recent uh, that pedal show tour, tour that we did back in uh, late June in the UK. So that's his Keeley modded blues driver. So that's it. If I open up the guitar all the way, it's. <laughs> like a slightly gained up Marshall but if I back the volume knob down you know, it's a nice kind of clean crystal Thanks to the treble bleed also on the on the volume knob so it doesn't get too muddy. But thanks for that question. Uh, I don't have the name up on the screen anymore, but thank you for that. By the way, which amp are you running? Are you running the Mesa? This is the two. Yeah, I've got two Lone Stars. I'm running into one and then slaving it out uh, through the through the Halo. So then that the, the other the other side just feeds back into the effects return of the uh, of the slave head. So just the same tone, just one tone circuit here. And mainly clean channel, I'll run that. Uh, here's just a Carl Martin compressor in front of it. And then here's with the RC booster for a little top. Blues driver. Uh, then I can use the, I have a signature JHS uh, AT pedal. So here's just the amp. That's the pedal. The um the lone stars, which they don't they sadly don't make the amp anymore. Um I'm not sure why they discontinued it, but they did. Something maybe about the transformer becoming very pricey but um they they come stock with 606s but they have switchable bias so i uh put the el34s in it mm. so it, it tightens up that low end considerably it's a pretty tubby amp to start with um yeah makes it feel a little bit more like the the marshall thing that i like and then is those are those feeding cabinets are they mic'd or they, yes they're mic'd up i've got in a separate room this is like the upstairs of the home so it's like a rec room in a, in a guest bedroom so in the guest bedroom it's it's all guitars and speaker cabinets but i've got two um mesa boogie rectifier 212 cabs uh -huh. so each 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 head or this is essentially a head even though it's a combo amp, but this feeding the head into the 212s yeah and they're mic'd up with 57s cheapest mic wins <laughs> absolutely you know but it works I, you know it's, you know you can Absolutely. try all the other stuff. Sometimes a nice Royer or there's this um, Mesasonic that I've got. It sounds kind of nice. I learned about those from Josh Smith when he, uh, he he produced my last record back in, well, it came out in April anyway. Cool. He knows about tone, that guy. He's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, Sean Tubb says, Robert Keeley doesn't make anything that isn't top shelf. Man. Add Andy Ooh. to the mix. Well, it gets even gooder. Man, he gets, he gets two <laughs> checks. He gets two checks. <laughs> yeah we'll take that thank you sean Tubbs. thank you thank yeah. you well we've got nice friends <laughs> <laughs> very kind friends yeah. modern vintage tone talk uh keely tech support are the best ah, the only yeah. guy from the biz to send back old and repaired pedals in a box with case candy uh -huh. 
Handwritten note, immediate turnaround, longtime customer. Man, Thanks. how cool is that? Yeah, I want to give a shout out to my, my service guy, Sean Spears and Jason Trexler. Sean Spears is the service manager, and we uh, both of us kind of have this well, have the same philosophy. But I started thinking, how could I turn service and, and a repair thing into, you know, as good as possible? And so we started, you know, being kind of ex- trying to be excited when a repair came in, get it out in 24 hours. Otherwise, nice. you know, since we make the boards, you know what I mean? Yeah. I should have all the parts in stock to, to get this thing going if we can't figure it out. And so we try to make sure everything goes out within 24 hours. And then, you know, we, you know, cheer them along with some free picks or swag or something like that to try to make it a pleasant experience, you know what I mean? So I, nice I found that that just, that just totally wins the day. It's smart. It's Making smart. people getting over the fact that yeah the pedal broke darn it you know we don't always make top shelf stuff <laughs> it breaks <laughs> stuff happens yeah stuff does break man uh, and, it does. and you so know it, it's got to be fixed quickly you know what i mean before the guy can man. even almost miss it you know <laughs> it's got to be there that fast and you know so we've got to get it right you know and that that's that really awesome, works man. and sean spears is the right guy he loves talking to guitar players so it's it's a positive event if your pedal happens to break, you know. Yeah, I I, I sort of do the same thing. So I do all the customer service for Friedman. So if you email Friedman, the only person you can get is me. (laughs) Nice. No one else has any access to the email. Wow. So, uh, so if I drop, if I drop dead one day, uh, <laughs> you may not hear from you. <laughs> you may not hear from me. Um, the guy with the broken amp will know first. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, well, kudos, uh, guys. What I mean, what a, what a concept to be to to treat your customers with that utmost respect. I, I love that so much. Well, it's, the way I always looked at it, for yeah. me, what I mean, I have someone that can help facilitate uh, sending things out and things like that, where I pass on pass it on to him or he, he does that a uh, guy at our company, Vlad, uh, who's the right hand man with that. And, um, but how I looked at it was if someone else is going to do this job, they are not going to know the answers generally speaking. Right. You know? yeah. Um, and then they're going to have to ask me yeah. and then I'm going to have to tell them <laughs> and then they're going to have to tell the customer. And by, you know, yeah. it's just too much. It's just easier for me to shoot an email back off my phone yeah. because, you know, and I answer, I, if people will tell you, oh, he answered me on Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he answered me in the middle of the night. Yeah, <laughs> it's just like, right. if I look and I, because I, I can't let them stack up, I, I have a problem with that. I can't, I, if that, then it's too much. So yeah. if, if I have to answer Let's three see. emails or five emails real quick, that's no big mm-hmm. deal, but. That's awesome. Man. So they like that generally. So yes. that's, a, that's, that's a good thing. That's you know, awesome. Customer service. And, and, and unfortunately, people, things do break. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, yes. or, or you have defective parts that you didn't make. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> like I remember one time we had a defective batch of filter caps. Oh, every, wow. Almost every single amp that went out had a defective oh, filter no. cap in it. Yipes! And we're still replacing filter caps to this day. Wow! <laughs> really? Wow, wow. Oh, man. Yeah, I mean, you know, it still comes up. I mean, fortunately, if it winds up being a used amp, then well, then, then it's off the the warranty. But um, yeah, maps. But still, even people that buy used amps, I'll be like, 
Tell you what, pay for the shipping. I'll fix it for free. Yeah. You know, yeah. stuff like that. Or like with mine, you sent me out the caps. Yeah. Nah, there you go. Yeah. Right. You know, stuff happens. You know, all of a sudden, hey, you know, this one pot that we have is failing. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, we didn't do it. It's not because we're we made a shoddy product. Right. You know, it, it's it's not because it's you know a cheap crappy part. Hmm. You only have so many choices with pots. <laughs> yeah, it just fails. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it's a mechanical thing. It, it yeah. will fail. <laughs> it's driving me or, a little crazy on some of the and stuff, especially with pedals. I mean, eventually, you know, you use it, something stomps on it, you can break the power supply jack. Oh yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, anywhere they, you know, my pedal doesn't work anymore. Okay, now did you try a new battery? Yeah. <laughs> sure you've heard that one. <laughs> oh, there's a battery in it. <laughs> yes. Uh yep. we've got every kind. Oh yeah. yeah. Let's see if my mouse will work. Uh Dale Antuniak. Um no question but a super chat. If I see your question, I will pull it up um oh jason tong from australia is here hello jason jason's hey. always here yeah jason's awesome you uh, officially have no life <laughs> well, actually it's australia so it's saturday and it's in the morning it's morning saturday morning so i i guess i guess you're not busy in the morning <laughs> hmm. Harmonicaster, thanks for uh, the super chat. Can Robert and Dave discuss supply chains? Bucket ISP told me manufacturers are discontinuing discontinuing some transistors. Mm. Also, please discuss full tone shutting down. Those are great questions. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I think Dave and I hit on the supply chain issues. I don't know. I think it's it's just going to be with us for a while, kind of like a a, a long half life on this whole whole thing for a while so maybe a couple more years of supply chain issues uh, yeah as far as stuff discontinuing i don't know i haven't seen too much of that but i mean routinely end of Jay life said. happens to parts all the time i mean this is not a normal you know this is a normal thing it's like oh we can't use that part anymore okay yeah. <laughs> exactly um, time to redesign time, time <laughs> to use a different one okay wait what can we sub um you know, in addition to uh, full tone shutting down, I was curious if you guys saw the post from um, Analog Man that he had, he bought fake fake uh, parts and he <laughs> did you see that he got oh yeah 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 and he, I guess he put him in he put it in like a hundred King of Tone boards and they had oh to rip it was them capacitors out. yeah oh, yeah caps electrolytic yeah. caps or something yeah hmm. uh, what's the current status with tubes obviously that. It's been tubes are two two tubes are okay. That was a, there was a minute of a lull there. Uh, I mean, yeah. uh, although uh, anything Russian has um, literally doubled in price. Wow! So a Russian twelve x seven that say I was using uh, Mike Matthews is mm -hmm. now charging me double <laughs> wholesale double. Right. Okay. Wow. <laughs> For that tube. And uh, and uh, so fortunately, some other uh, Chinese vendors have come online. Um, um, PS Vane tubes uh, have have been around for a while in the hi-fi world, but they've okay. 
kind of uh, they really took the bull by the horns and really started ramping into the the guitar market. Oh, nice. Okay. So um, those are quite good. Um, so we're starting to use some of that stuff, and then yeah, the the older Chinese plant is supposedly going to be back up operational in January. So wow, okay. that'll probably be okay. And then there's you can still get some Russian tubes at increased cost, of course. Yeah, everything sure. went up. Yeah, what everything about the, went up. What about JJ? Tubes are they Yugoslavia? Uh, well, JJ tubes uh, you can get. The problem with JJ is they were because of the pandemic they had become extremely backordered, so they couldn't. Uh, they stopped taking new orders because the back orders were so immense that they needed to fill their back orders before they would do that. So that, when we, when this when the when the Russian thing happened, we were like, okay, how about JJ? Oh, well, they won't take even a new order. Hmm. Uh, for another year and a half. Wow. <laughs> okay, <That's crazy. laughs> I see. Yeah. Wow. So that's, I mean, that's we're okay. still going on. We're, uh, yeah, they're not taking new orders, so they're still filling their old orders. I, what had happened is <clears throat> during the pandemic, they had uh, you know some people were off work for a while, or they were closed for a while. I'm not sure the exact story. Some people chose not to come back. They retired because they were older, and they just decided to retire finally. Mm -hmm. So they lost some of their uh, work staff. Uh, so then that put them even further behind because they have less people. Um, snowballs, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So then I guess there's still another part of that question, full tone. Full tone, yes. Yeah. <laughs> full tone, you know, I got to give Mike, Mike credit for the fact that he was the <laughs> origin, original boutique builder. Yeah. He was. He, I think he, 19, he did it first. Yeah, yeah, 1993. I he did it first, I think. And uh, yeah, it's funny. My uh, my employee Jamie, he he goes, "You think this is going to be worth a lot now?" And he shows me a picture, and it was uh, number three of his Octavia, hmm. and it and it didn't even say full tone. It just said by Mike Fuller. Well, and yeah. I, and I'll like in a, this hand painted sort of box, and I'm like, oh, yeah, that that's probably going to be worth some money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. What was the, what was what was the reason for him uh, calling it quits? What? Oh, who knows? Okay. It, I mean, yeah. you know, it, it says you know, he, um, business is not uh, doing as well. He's not making yeah. money. California is expensive to run a business in. Yeah. Extremely. Yeah. Um, and he didn't want to sink money out of his pocket into it. Yeah, that's what okay. officially he said. Essentially, I gotcha. now they are selling yeah. off old stock. Now, what that means and how long that goes on, I'm not sure. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Yeah. How much? Oh, old stock? I'm sure everyone now is scrambling to buy some from him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Going well, not, a, not a bad marketing move. <laughs> not a bad marketing move either, yeah. if, you know. Yeah, but I'm so. sure that's not. I mean, I don't know. M Mike's fine. Yeah. Well, yeah. He, he's I mean, got a, in his letter. He really said house he's, in Nashville. It, it, he's okay. Good. Yeah, he's going to retire and play guitar, which is yeah, pretty much everybody's dream. So, I mean, I'd love yeah. to be able to do that. <laughs> Please let me do that. <laughs> exactly. So. Like like Dave said, he he is the original boutique guy. Uh, I, the first the first uh, say twenty Keeley compressors all had uh, full tone switches in them. I bought them mm -hmm. from Mike wow. from really? Oklahoma. Wow. I remember 
writing, you know, I got like one or two in. I, I remember back then, if you bought a single stomp switch, it was sixteen dollars. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. He was the first guy to make that stomp switch too. Exactly. Exactly. And uh, I, I love this story because this is this is two thousand one for me. And so I'm just getting ready to start trying to figure out how I can build these Keeley compressors, you know. And uh, I write him and I'm like trying to save up money to buy switches. And I'm like, man, I wonder if he'd give me a discount if I, if I bought 10 switches from him. So I'm like, okay, I'd like to place an order for 10 switches. You know, is there any chance I could get a deal on it? And he writes back and I love the guy. I mean, I talked to him a couple days ago, right? <laughs> so... Um, He's like, 10 is not a quantity type of number, you know? Now, if you want to buy 20, I'll give them to you at half price. And I was like, what? okay, whatever, dude. <laughs> I'll take 20 at $8. <laughs> and, and, you know, I got, I got a, a good cousin, you know, that, that 10 was not volume discount type number. But 21. So you still got this, you got 20 for oh, the price yeah. of 10, though. I've always been so... I'm not good at math, but it seems to be working out pretty well. I I loved it. I loved it. But Mike, I I was always very grateful for Uh, Mike because I always felt like he could have, back in in 2002, 3, 4, 5, he could have easily released a compressor and and squashed me. You know what I mean? A a little guy in Oklahoma trying to build compressors. Uh, I only had a little margin to work with to eke in the the world, you know, besides mods. But uh, so I was always so grateful that he didn't, because uh, I figured that would be a death knell for me. So mm. I don't know. I, was I told that him that by once. chance? Was that by chance, or he consciously stayed out? I, I remember. Out of it? I remember talking to him and tell him how grateful I was, and I, I think I recall him saying that he he just couldn't get the an idealized uh, compression sound out of out of a pedal design that he wanted and you mm. know he moved on to other other things you know what i mean he was probably full-time busy with ocd you know he yeah. didn't have compressor in mind <laughs> yeah that so. pedal that that pedal when that came out that was it's what a surge of pedal sales I, you yeah. know I, I never i don't quite get i don't i i it's okay yeah I, it was it's not for me it's but. a tube screamer right no, <laughs> not really. No, it's not no. all right. Well, then, no. what is it? I think technically it's it's some kind of uh, Voodoo Labs overdrive, and with mm. with his own tone control added to it, and a couple changes mm. on, on how the 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 type of diodes used in the clipping. Yeah, is is one of the things, and mm. it, it evolved over time. Yeah, and, well, there are a lot of different versions. I know and, that. Yeah, and you can find some that have uh, definitely more bass than others, and you can find ones that that just simply clip differently because of maybe voltages and and op amp selection or something like that. But um, but uh, yeah, it, it is. It, it's interesting in that uh, it's kind of a, a a basic design, but it seems like a lot of people seem to enjoy. Yeah. Uh, the way it sounds, I thought. I think it was also kind of brilliant in that it was priced right. He never, he never uh, had true. a boutique inflated price with it, so it was always pretty reasonable. Yeah. Especially when you held it in your hand, and you're like, "Dang, that's a chunk of metal." Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So yeah, I think that my first pedal that I got with him early on was um, the full drive. 
Oh yeah, and that yeah, was the blue, plan. the blue full drive, the tram, the that, the Octavia, the you know the Deja vibe. Sixty nine uh, and seventy. Sixty nine is great. Seventy is great. I really kind of like the seventy. Mm-hmm. Um, I always wanted to buy the. Limsoul was a cool pedal too that he came oh, out yeah. with. Um, I had the tube tape echo that first. I was going to say that. I've got one. I've that got was on part of the resolution echo. record, yeah. And I and I also like that his original vibe, the larger vibe. That yeah, was a nice uh, one. yeah. Yeah, really sounded good. Yeah, so well, we wish him well. Yeah, whatever. We'll the next he didn't. Maybe. He didn't really necessarily rule out the fact that he was going to completely stop making pedals either. He might. Make, no, he said because he, he said he's going to protect. He's going to protect his trade. Yeah, he left it open. Know, so. Okay. So maybe may make some pedals along the so way. So the glass is half full tone. Sorry. It's getting it's getting late, you know. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of a lot of news lately in the uh, the wor- the music world. It seems uh, mm. all these things. Um, all right, let's see. Mm. Modern vintage. Uh, Robert, we need to hear about what happened when John Mayer started using the Katana V1s. To this day, two of those are om- on almost all of his boards. Yeah, that's another thing I'm really grateful for. Um, that katana is actually my first design, and I remember uh, I had met uh, Jack Orman online, and Jack Orman, uh, this is back in 2001. He he told me, he's like, "Have you have you played with a Klon pedal? What do you think about it?" And I was like, "Nah, I don't know too much about it." He's like, "Well, it, it what one of the interesting things about it is it uses a charge pump, a voltage doubler." And I thought, huh, that's pretty cool. I said, that, that's a great way. I didn't realize they had them in small packages like that. And I said, I want to do something that's like a class A tube amp, but with JFET. I just, and, and so he, he kind of encouraged that thought. And I put the two together. So, and uh, that's what the Katana is. And uh, I tuned the, the, the filtering by ear and, and just hoped for the best. And, I came up with that crazy side-mounted knob thing, which mm-hmm. is a kind of a very peculiar thing. <laughs> I was thinking, you know, somebody might take their foot and move the the volume with it, but you know, I, th- I think I take more ridicule than <laughs> anything else <laughs> on that such a silly design. Plus, Takes not only from customers but from my own staff. Yeah, mm-hmm. from my own staff, they're like, "Oh God, we hate building these things." <laughs> so, you know, but uh, yeah, it 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 does uh, it does sound. It does sound pretty good. It's one of those things where sometimes you get lucky and, and you have a sound that, that appeals to a lot of people. And I, 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 I'm his pedal, that katana has been on there for like, I don't know, eight years or more or something. So mm-hmm. he, he likes, he feels comfortable with it. <laughs> you know. Hey, Andy, are you still using the, uh, the JHS, your signature pedal as well? Yeah, that's, that's the main, the main Later. gain, the main oh, gain. Right, pedal. Yeah. And you use that live? As well. Yeah, I sure do. Yeah, that's again with this setup. It's it's been my main gain. I'll, I'll use the uh, the lead channel on the the Lone Star occasionally, with a little bit of gain in front of it. It's a it's a pretty woolly channel on its own without the. Uh, What's it based on? Which uh, which pedal or the amp? No, the JHS pedal. I have no idea. It, well, it's basically it's based on. He had a pedal called the Angry Charlie. Now whether that's based on something else or uh, not okay. i'm not really sure so it was a situation where i had started using uh the angry charlie on my board because it, uh, one gig i went out because i was using the lone star 
lead channel with a with a tube screamer in front of it for my main lead tone. But I was doing a clinic in in England and the effects loop stopped working. So in order for me to be able to have my echo sound at the time, I would have had to use a drive pedal in front of that. Otherwise, I would have gotten the messy echoes. Um, and so I had this angry Charlie because it had been recommended to me by a buddy of mine. And I just immediately started realizing, well, I'm, I like the articulation better than what I was getting out of the amp. It's a pretty woolly tone, like I was saying. And so um, I started using it on the regular and and I went to, I was at a NAMM show after I'd been using it for a while. I said, oh, I should go meet, you know, Josh at JHS to say hi. And uh, so I'm glad you came in because you know, all of a sudden we started selling a lot of these pedals, <laughs> I guess, because it was on my board, he was saying, but if you'd like to change some things, we could mod it and maybe do something with it. So it's a mod, basically a modded Angry Charlie. I, I, I just looked it up that it's supposedly the Angry Charlie is a uh, Marshall governor. Oh, uh, really? Okay. Oh, yeah. That's good. I, never, I never had one of those, but I, bet but I, I, I know that Josh is, is, is heavily tweaked. I think that the yeah. lead boost channel on that Andy Timmons I think he told me that that was a, like a, a complete tube screamer circuit set up for your favorite. Type it's of it's exactly that. I yeah, we copied my TS eight hundred eight basically hmm. to use that as a boost. But it's something we're still. I, I still want to tweak with it because it really wasn't. It's my idea about having that in there was to kind of scoop out a little bit of the low end because you know when we get when we get a lead tone dialed in. Where am I at here? Let me go here. <laughs> When I get that sounding the way I want it, that's not going to work on the on the neck pickup. It gets a little messy, but if I if I hit that boost, well, that's the wrong pedal, is it? I was trying. It, it does work as a nice boost, but what I'm really trying to do is get my lead tone set up, but then have the neck pickup be usable with a similar tone. So anyway, work in progress. There might be a version three at some point. Mm. Yeah. Uh-huh. But okay. but as far as the lead tone goes on my bridge pickup, it's it's my favorite by far. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, awesome. Um, mm. Hey, I saw in here uh, Lyle Caldwell. If anyone knows him, was in the ch- in the chat. Hi, Lyle. How are you? Hello, Lyle. Justin Stokes. Hello, Justin. Two dollars. Uh, Justin. Two dollars. Yes, <laughs> two dollars. Uh, thank you. I don't That's see your- fifty cents a piece, fellas. What are we gonna do? <laughs> <laughs> Get a couple of hamburgers back in the yeah, back in the back, uh, back in when <laughs> back, back, back in when, the fifties maybe back in when Wimpy was buying them on Popeye. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'll gladly pay you two. <laughs> exactly. Right. Two bits. Four bits. Uh, okay, we've got uh, modern vintage again. Dave, best years for a JCM eight hundred. How are the first slash 800s, 96 JCM, 125-55SL, hand-wired, good parts, PCB, lower quality? Well, the slash wasn't an 800. It was a Jubilee, essentially. Uh, So that's a very different circuit from an 800. Uh, I mean, an 800, I mean, I guess early, early, the first era up and down input 800s were cool. Uh, but honestly, I'd just go for the 2203 from earlier, later 70s, which is like what you have here. I don't know. Actually, I don't know if that's a a 50 watt or 100 watt that Andy has there. Oh, but. that's a, that's a, I think it's a 79. Is it 100 watt? 
It's a hundred watt, yeah. Yeah, so that's twenty two oh three, which is the same okay. thing as the eight hundred. It's okay. It's just that the transformers are a little bit better in those than they were in the eight hundreds. So oh, okay. they sound a little bit richer, I think. Nice. But so many people like the eight hundred. Okay. So those yeah. aren't the Drakes. Uh, no, it's the same manufacturer. It's just they changed. Um, they just it just got they got cheaper. Oh, really? <laughs> they didn't sound quite as rich. Hmm. Interesting. Um, oh, okay. So he and then and he wanted to know are they hand wired? Good parts, lower quality, and then the same for the Zach Wild and Ingve Malmsteen signature amps. Those uh, are the Zach Wild was a straight up eight hundred, um, made the same way it had been for years, which is partially hand wired. It's a PC board in the middle, and the rest are hand wired. Um, I have no idea about the YJM. I haven't seen it. In person, but isn't that a, based on a Plexi? Yeah, it's not an eight hundred at all. So yeah, it's a different different app. Hmm. That's what I thought. Okay. Yeah, thanks for the well, question. Well, eight hundred is based on a Plexi too. If you really want to get down to it. Well, that's true. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And if you really want to get down to it, they're all based on a basement. Oh, well, that's right. <laughs> Way to go, Leo! Once again. Yeah. 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 True. True. Uh, I just want to make sure I get all people's questions here oh here's justin uh robert how is compression from an overdriven amp different from a compressor compressor pedal in about every measurable way yeah totally, <laughs> well, completely different. yeah but um the compression from a tube uh, an overdriven tube amp well let's say maybe if, if there's some compression from the power supply sagging and you know, you get some compression artifacts as the maybe the rectifier circuit recovers. I guess that's a little bit of compression, but uh, the way a pedal does it is 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 like a little magic uh, volume control on that. You know, and adding or subtracting gain from the circuit depending on how much you know volume is is coming out of the amplifier or the OTA in the first place. So, uh, what one of I think I think. The saturation from tubes or, you know, when you if you clip the signal like that, that that kind of saturation and the compression that comes from the tube amp is a, a little bit different than than what we do with a pedal, you know, so it's it's, it's a definitely yeah, I mean, a different. And it sounds different with the pedal. You're leveling out the, the leveling out the peaks of the guitar going into the amp. Yeah. So so yeah. you're you're essentially. Um, so, you know, if you pick a guitar really lightly. Um, it's, oh, who knows, it's, uh, 100 millivolts, let's say, uh, or maybe even less than that, or if really light. And if you smack a humbucker into a clean amp really, really hard, it might be 250 millivolts of, of signal. So the compressor is going to level those two signals out. So yeah. the 250 comes down and the, 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 the really uh, light playing comes up. Um, mm -hmm. And nothing, there's not an equivalent in the in a tube amp circuit. Nothing is no making those uh, distinctions. No, I know they, they're all. It's the I'm same sorry. wording though. They they use the same wording quite a bit, you know, to describe what's going on. Because you know, on some level, the same thing is happening, you know. But it's a compressor effect pedal is is designed to do exactly what Dave said to get in there and make small things very much louder and make loud things, you know. Which is very handy on a clean sound with a guitar, yeah, you know? <laughs> or a clean bass. And you right? can smack the guitar, and it just goes 
boom, you know, that, yeah. that beautiful, I like, I love that time. Yes. Yeah. I, I find that, I mean, I've, I've tried to experiment it with a, an overdriven amp and it doesn't really sound that great. So only no, with, but Pete Townsend used to use a Dynacomp to, to, to boost his high Watts. Oh, nice. Actually, I think he still has a Dynacomp in his setup. Wow. To boost it? Yeah, yeah. It's it, it's compressing, but it's also driving more signal level into the amp. Yeah, nice. Hmm. Yeah. Well, considering with him, because he's so percussive in the way he plays anyway, yeah. it would be kind of, yeah, it makes sense, yeah. I guess. Um, uh, this is a question. Oh, before, actually, before we dive into that question, I wanted to... Say, Andy, um, sorry for your loss with uh, Olivia Newton-John. Yeah, it's I, that's been a tough one, man. That's thank huge you. Huge fan, huge fan of hers. Yeah, obviously, and grew up with her. Uh, yeah, my entire childhood was watching her grow, you know, in Greece and of course her career. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, what a talent! For those that don't know, yeah, I was her uh, guitar player and music director for about fifteen years. You know, in between my own gigs and and doing Simon Phillips's tours and stuff, yeah, that was she was a very very dear friend and uh, yeah, it's 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 been a tough one. But, you know, she'd been sick for a while. This was her third bout with uh, with cancer, and, but seventy three man, it's way too young. But what a what a bright light, man! She did so much good in oh, her, yeah. in, in her years. You know, yeah, she was very blessed so, to have been working with her all that time. Such a positive woman. Yeah. Yeah, every no, she, time you see her, she's smiling, and regardless of what was going on in her, very, life. very graceful. I will say that I saw her go through yeah. a lot, you know, and then always handle it with the most dignity a human could possibly could, you know. Mm. How'd you get hooked up with her? How'd that work? That was well, actually, through Simon Phillips, believe it or not. So mm. she she had breast cancer in the early '90s, and and basically had retired um, for many years. But in the late '90s, I think she did a handful of shows in uh in australia where she was living and uh the john farnham band was backing her it was, he was he's like a legendary huge star over there kind of like the springsteen of australia and um so she you know kind of had her toe back in the water so she was they were going to br bring that australian band and have her do some shows in the states but one of the guitar players brett garzid um great amazing guitar player couldn't do the dates so um Toto is managed by Fitzgerald Hartley at the time, who was also managing Olivia. So the, the you know, management just put the word out through the ranks. Hey, you know, we need a guitar player. Who do you guys know? And so Simon just, well, call Andy. You know, he knew my work ethic and thought I might be right for the gig. And so I had a message on my show. Andy, you fancy working with Olivia Newton-John? You know, <laughs> right, what, are, what are the hours, right? Uh, <laughs> so it just kind of worked out that that first tour was, it was like maybe two months of dates in the States and it went really, really great. And management saw, you know, how I'd come in and was, you know, on top of things. So they thought, well, we'll make, we'll make Andy the music director and for the U.S. dates, we'll just put a U.S. band together and have Andy lead that band. And that's, that's the way it kind of started. I wouldn't, I didn't realize it was going to, you know, lead to so many years of, uh, of, you know, friendship and, and work but man we had so many great times together i can't begin to tell you just and because she was just a good hang you know it was wasn't like you know star and band it was that because you were working with an icon you know but she very much just liked to hang and we'd you know go into movies and just sit around singing tunes she knew every show tune standard any beatles tune we were both big beatles nuts so mm. a lot a lot of great times together so it's uh it's gonna take a while to uh come to terms with it but uh, she's obviously missed by so many around the world but those around her that really knew her you know it's i always would just tell people it's 
as cool as she you think she might have been, it was better. You know, it's just a oh, genuine, yeah. genuine soul that you know. If you met her, you just feel like you knew her forever. You know, just made everybody very comfortable. And yeah. Sweet soul, but hard worker, man. I you know just tireless. Uh, whatever she was into, whatever she was working on, but did so much for breast cancer and cancer awareness. Um, ended up with her own, you know, her name attached to a hospital in, in Australia that she worked tirelessly 10 years of getting the funding for and all that to just try to help others, man. Yeah. Good way to go. Yeah. Yeah. She's great. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah sorry to, sorry to see that. No, her. man. It's, it's, it's been hard on a lot of people, but thank you. Yeah. Yeah. No problem. Um, this is another question for you. When can we expect the danger, danger biopic? <laughs> what, what floop de do? Well, that's, that's appropriate. Uh, you know, I, th- anything's possible, I suppose. But I'm not sure who wants to see that. But uh, you know, now the, so the, and the, again, I, I'm just assuming not everybody knows my history. But the danger, danger was my uh, back in the kind of the hairband days. We were a Bon Jovi kind of wannabe group and had some, uh, you know, MTV exposure back in the late 80s and had some good fun uh, i remember you guys yeah we got to we it was kind of one of those things where i i'd grown up as a you know just a fan of 70s rock and i was learned how to play guitar by listening to kiss alive and, and nugent and, and rush and fog hat and all that so but then after you know I, I, as i was growing musically and studied classical and jazz and i wanted to be mike stern and larry carlton at, at a certain point you know and after i left the, i went to the university of miami for a couple of years I ended up in texas and uh but then got this call to join this you know rock band i'm like well all right this might be my only shot at the major label you know thing that we all i think we all thought that was kind of the holy grail as a musician signed i'm in a band that's you know signed to a label right right and uh it's maybe at that point maybe that was kind of the the goal but i quickly realized even though not to i'm not dogging the band or the industry as it was but it was quick, quickly obvious that well, this has nothing to do with why I play guitar and what I what I love about music. You know, it's cool that I'm in a band. We got we toured opening for Kiss and Alice Cooper and all these all these heroes. But when it got down to it, it was just just another large business. And I just wanted to be I just wanted to be a great musician and and, and continue working on my craft. And mm-hmm. so after I had that experience, I just went back to Texas and started doing things very much my own way. The, the the key was we had made a third record for Epic uh, that at the time got shelved and then they basically made it impossible for us to get the rights back to the record. They wanted like two hundred and fifty grand or something. I didn't have it on me at the time, so uh, <laughs> so this this record went unreleased and we and I thought why would you ever work so hard on something and it not belong to you, mm. you know. Yeah. Now, now it's commonplace. Everybody makes their own records. You put it out on, you know, DistroKid or CD Baby or whatever it might be. But back then, you were kind of at the mercy because there wasn't YouTube and there wasn't all these uh, platforms for artists to get noticed. Um, but I just, I just kind of came back to Texas, you know, my tail between my legs, going, "Well, I'm just going to make the music I want to make, regardless of trend and and whatever musical fad was was happening. I just want to." play my guitar and so i started making my own records luckily i had a great engineer that was getting me into the studio for for you know inexpensively and uh just started getting my tunes out that way and it just kind of somehow i'm here <laughs> it's like it, yeah. i blinked and now it's you know 2022 and i'm still still doing it which i feel extremely blessed but it's a lot of hard work as you guys know to still be doing what we're all doing at this level uh it's 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 no I, I, you know, I once said when I was in my early part of my career, when somebody asked me how I got the gig with Danger Danger, I just off the cuff said, well, I just, I guess I got lucky. 
And the guy just immediately said, no, you didn't. You worked your ass off for years to be ready when you had the opportunity, you know, when it arose, right? So I say, I use the word fortunate now because extremely fortunate that, again, we're doing what we're doing and that some, some people care about it. But it, right. uh, it takes a lot of work, man. It's not, I don't take anything ever for granted. I work, I practice every day. I'm always, you know, trying to keep up with whatever I can yeah. in, in this wacky, wacky business. But at the end of the day, I'm happiest when I'm just in, just practicing and trying to get better, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm obviously writing music, and and then obviously we can release some music or get out and play live. Had a great gig this last week, and I was in Seattle. My cousin, if anybody out there in Seattle, my cousin Jack Timmons has this chain of barbecue places called Jack's Barbecue. He, he's born. He was born <laughs> and raised cool. in born and raised in Dallas. So Robert, this might be a trip we yeah, need to make. I know, right? He's born and raised in in Dallas, but moved, moved to Seattle years ago. He was, uh, you know. Um, Microsoft for years and just got tired of that rigmarole and I'm gonna open up a chain of barbecue restaurants and that's what he did which I actually didn't even know about but he he was doing this uh he's putting on a music festival and I knew it when we were kids he was the biggest Jimi Hendrix fan right it's like man you need to play some more Hendrix like all right cool but so hey I'm putting on this festival can you come up and play I got Randy Hansen is the headliner and you guys know Randy Hansen he's kind of a legendary guy who's been doing a Hendrix tribute I think since the late 70s he's been around a while yeah so I was like man I can't wait I met him at at the music mess maybe 20 years ago in Frankfurt you know really cool guy and really really kind of looks a little like Jimmy from if you squint just right and played his butt (laughs) off so man we had the best gig I just used a local rhythm section up there my band couldn't make it for that particular gig but seeing Randy play, and man, he brought out the two, you know, double stack Marshalls and had the all the right gear. And I, I was so inspired watching him play because at first I thought, well, it might be a little sticky to see this guy get up and try to imitate Jimmy. But he wasn't, you know, playing like note for note like records. He was really channeling. It was, it was really special to see. Mm-hmm. So again, just kind of just. Thing. It's just really nice to get out and play some gigs, you know. And uh, yeah. if you get a chance to see uh, uh, see Randy Handsome and do it, I'd, I'd he and I ought to do the Randy and Andy tour. I'd, I'd uh, <laughs> gladly do some shows with him because man, he really brought it in a very authentic way. Which you know, when you see tribute bands and stuff, it can be a little, you know, not right. your favorite thing. But uh, this guy brought it. It was nothing. I yeah, I loved every bit of it. And then check out uh, Jack's Barbecue. Jack's Barbecue. If you are a carniv- or carnivorous type, which actually I'd, I'd gone vegetarian for about four months before going up there, but now I'm a flexitarian because... <laughs> Depending on how you feel. It is, yeah. exactly. So today, you know, it, yeah, it's it was, I mean, and I'm a, I mean, I live in Texas. I've had a, a bit of the barbecue in this place. I think it's even better. So there's my, wow. there's my, ad, there's my ad for Jack's Barbecue in Seattle. five locations open late (laughs) speaking of touring i um i've got a question from alex nur uh it's his birthday today hey Uh, happy birthday Alex. Alex. all right um and uh he wants to know when you'll be coming back to the iridium and if you'll ever be coming to florida to play that's a good question so we had we a lot of stops and starts (laughs) the the iridium is a very uh great it's called a jazz club but it's a club in uh, in manhattan for those that don't know where uh, Les Paul played for many years. Um, and, and my band has been playing there regularly about twice, twice a year since 2011, I think was the first time we played there. But yeah, with COVID then, and then we start, we, we had three different dates booked with them and then they had trouble reopening with all kinds of different uh, 
inspection issues and stuff. I think they had some damage from the hurricane as well. So mm-hmm. unfortunately we haven't rebooked yet, but all, all this to say nothing planned, but I would expect something either late this year or early next year. We'll get back out there and hopefully some stuff in Florida too. Cool. TBA. Yeah. I saw Les Paul at the Iridium. Yeah, did. I did too, man. I was yeah. very fortunate. I had a front row. Oh, nice. uh, yeah, it was phenomenal. And then afterward <laughs> I went back, I brought my pick guard with me. Oh, and, nice. Uh, and I had him sign it. So fantastic. I, it, it's on my Les Paul. Uh, oh, beautiful, man. How cool. Yeah, which is that was a great experience. He was really cool. He's a his, sweet. Hand, his hands were so arthritic. Yeah, but he uh, could up. still play. It's amazing, yeah. right? He was still able to to get around. You know, yeah. even even in his limited state, you know. I, I I did see him maybe a, a handful of times. Even on his ninetieth birthday, they had a, a party for him at the Ryman. Still playing, and his wit was sharp to the end. Yeah, man. yeah, he was really, a really funny guy. Were you at that was, Ryman gig? I can't believe it. Okay, the, the, one of the most outstanding features of that night for me was <laughs> all these players were coming out to to yeah. tribute less. Tellies and Tellies and Tellies and Strats, <laughs> and this young woman named. Um, Oh, good Lord. Is it Chelsea? Chelsea. This young woman is the only girl that came came out and played a Les Paul. And she sat in with Steve Morris playing. You know, I was like, maybe you might want to bring your Les Paul to the Les Paul 90th. You know. Yeah, right. Actually. I want to get the name right. I think it's Chelsea Constable, but that's I think that's another good, another guitar player I'm thinking of. Anyway, it was yeah, a fun he, night. He had this little talk for some, I don't know. He, he, was, he was there at one of the event areas there at the Ryman, I guess, or halls or something yeah. like that. And he, he was talking for a little bit and it was the first time I'd ever met him. And, uh, uh, it was hysterical how, how funny he was. Yeah. And, and he had, he, a had a, he had a great dirty mouth. He just, he uh, totally. Was, well, if yeah. you saw one of any, any of his shows, you know, exactly. Yeah. He was, it was he was working hysterical. blue. He was working blue. You know? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I was, I was thoroughly impressed. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of that, Olivia and John, I watched a video of her going up and playing with the Les Paul. I just, I just saw that. In fact, I'd, I'd heard about it for for years. Now, when when Les passed, they they continued on the um, the tradition of having the Les Paul band play every Monday night. But they would invite guest guitar players to come, and I got to do that several times. So his guy Lou Palo, Lou and Nick, great. Nick, Nicky Parrott on bass, and I think Johnny Chops was the nickname that the Les had for the keyboard because <laughs> he was pretty choppy. He was right. playing a lot. But I had heard about it from Lou because he would tell me stories about Les, you know, and it wasn't always happy stories. Like he could be pretty, he could be pretty abrasive, right? Mm. But the way he told me the story is like, oh, Olivia Newton John, yeah, bring him up, right? Yes. <laughs> this, did he, I didn't see that part of the video. I did. I did watch. I, I forwarded to where she sings Rainbow, oh, which we, which she would sing every night with us, you know. So I thought she did a. A uh, a pretty admirable job considering she was just there having having drinks with her with her man, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> got well, called was, up. <laughs> I felt bad for her because he did say bring him up, yeah. and then he's like, uh, "It's a she," and he goes, uh, "Well, who is it?" And then he's like, "I thought it was Elton John that you were talking." <laughs> <laughs> and she goes to him. She and again talking about that grace. She goes, to him, "You don't know who I am, but I know who you are." You know, right. it, it kind of turned it around like that, but. Watching that clip is again, even in 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 his fairly limited state, he's voice leading his ass off. He's yep. playing all these leading tones, and I'm getting chills thinking about it. It's just this in this this very old school kind of Django way of of navigating these changes. It's just stunning, and the fact that she she got up there and without any warm up, just just killed it like she did. 
Yeah, you but, guys should uh, check it out. Anybody in the audience? Yeah. Video of Olivia Newton John and Les Paul at the Iridium. Oh, yeah, there's a lot cool. of great footage. There's a, one particular gig. I'm so glad it was filmed and recorded the way it was. We did a, a show sometime in the mid 2000s at the uh, Sydney Opera House with the Sydney Symphony, and uh, Elliot Shiner came out to record the audio, and it was very well uh, recorded, you know, video wise. So that's that's all over YouTube. There's a DVD available where you can see me uh, see me with Olivia back in the day, <laughs> having wow. a good time. Fantastic. A lot of that out there. Uh, Rummy. It's got a question for Dave about wall voltage. Aha. Uh, Dave, Aha. my wall voltage moves between 120 to 125. I bought the brown box and find 117 the most to be the most pleasing. Do I have to rebias? I say no. No, you, you'll be fine. Uh, 117 is kind of cool. Just a little under 120 is kind of nice. Yeah. Uh, Robert, I love your take on the blues driver. What was your approach? Well, my, my approach back then was kind of, a lot more naive and so i just wanted to make it the best blues driver i possibly could uh and i wanted to address some of the complaints i saw or on the tone uh from players on harmony central way back then so i i, I put in uh the the best ca capacitors i could find at the time and uh, uh so there's a lot of those blues drivers that have silver mica caps in there and all kinds of fun stuff and um, I, I, I tried to move around the tone control a little bit uh, so that it wasn't quite as sharp or peaky and uh, those type of things. Not, not a lot was done. That little uh, fat switch was for some of the Telecaster players that wanted a little bit more beef in the sound. So it added a little bit of low end to it. But it was, it was really just about trying to make it as good sounding as, as I could. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. so. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, Waterford Giant. Nice. Thumbs up. All right. We'll take it. Uh, if there's no question. Um, and let's see where else. I thought there was another question right here. Uh, session with Jeff. Andy, if you have to use backline amps, do you just run straight into the front in stereo or do you try and use the loop even if it's a pair of twins or similar? Yeah, with twins, obviously, you're going to be running into the front. And that's fine. I like again with this particular setup where I'm I'm kind of gearing mainly going into the front of the Lone Star. That's in my benefit if I'm in that position where I got to use uh, use backline stuff. Um, yeah, but I, I do I do love the sound of uh, usually any uh, time based effects in the effects loop if I have that option. But if not, yeah, I can get away with it. You know. I'm dying to try. I, I'm dying to gain up a Marshall and put this halo in front of it. <laughs> yeah. per, per Dave's uh, yeah, just, experience, it's yeah, freaking right. great, man. Yeah. Secondary function saturation on tap. Gonna get it. I'm gonna get in it. That's that's my next move for sure. And then play with the tone a little bit. And... Yeah. Okay. We we spent a lot of time when we were developing the the halo in front of uh, a couple yes. amplifiers that were completely maxed out, gained out, so we could track down. These mm -hmm. little teeny nuance sounds that randomly appeared in there. So, yeah. you know, we spend a lot of time in front of yeah. of, of of a gained up amplifier. So, I, I I know that contributed to why it probably works so well yeah. because we made a lot of adjustments in that kind of area. Hmm. So, awesome. Man. Is that is that unusual to do that, or is that? Oh, I mean, yeah, especially that much time and effort in it because we we were tracking down again. It was little no, teeny nuances in in the sound and like how much was the pitch shifting 
you know, on the third repeat. <laughs> so, oh, really? Wow. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah, I, I was, it was, you know, I, dealing with people's pedal boards and rigs for years, I've always uh, found that a lot of people that just wind up playing their pedal board into clean amps don't really know that their pedal board's really noisy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> you're not hearing it. Mm-hmm. Now, take that pedal board, put it into a dirty amp, and all of a sudden it's like, it's oh, yeah. right. dim room. Yeah. Exactly. You got all sorts of problems with yeah. your board, okay? <laughs> so when you, when you test stuff like that, you need to test it into dirty amp because you, you, it'll amplify any little noise that's there, and if you get it quiet that way, then it's you're great. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I second wow. that notion. That yeah. Is, yeah. That's great. That's great. Great tip. Uh, Mr. Anderson, thank you. Uh, hey guys, Andy, Andy, although I'm a Marshall guy, you were the reason I bought two Mesa Lone Star oh, heads, classic and special great yeah. amps. By the way, that Fawn Tolex late seventies Marshall looks great. Is it a 2203 or 2204? I think oh. we said it was a 2203, right? Yep. I, yeah, I don't, I just know it as a JMP. But, um... Yeah. JMP. It's a 2203. That's the model number. Of there it. you go. And 2204 is a hundred, uh, 50 watt version. Oh, okay. There you go. See, yeah. I hang out with smart people. That's what I do. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm, I hope you dig those uh, maces. Uh, yeah. I love Marshalls too. I love just, I love all kinds of stuff. What was the story on the uh, Fawn Tolex? They, they only came out on for a short period of time, right? Uh, From Marshalls. I, don't, yeah, yeah, I mean, really yeah, sure. it was mostly, you mostly saw it around that era of his amp. Uh, so it was mostly, um, and then it kind of went away. Yeah. yeah. So I don't really know. I don't really, I, really sad. When I found this amp, um, it was, I was in Toronto on tour with Olivia and then we had a day off and then Queen street at the time, maybe it still does, but there was a lot of great guitar shops on Queen street. And I don't know if it was songbird. I think it was called songbird. I don't think they're there anymore, but it had the matching cabinet, but I was on the road and I couldn't take the cabinet with me i really regret not buying the matching cabinet dude. yeah that would have been nice to it would have been well, handy so now, to now you have to go find one yeah you know they're out there. Could, could be that, that they must there must be a few yeah. out there somewhere. so you just get a you know a matching half stack just that would be just because it's, it's so cute it'd be nice yeah yeah that was the cool thing about randy hansen he had the double marshall stacks but one once one side of it, one half of it was all purple, and he had this great purple Hendrixy outfit and the purple hat mm-hmm. and a purple coily cable. I was like, all right, this guy's got it going on. <laughs> he's smiling. One of the cool moments was, at some point, you know, he's playing a lefty strat upside down righty, so it still had the same kind of vibe of Jimmy, even though he's playing right handed. But at one point, he had, the cable was kind of bad. There was a bad connection. <laughs> Even that sounded authentic. It sounded like this, yeah. that sounds just like when Jimmy had a bad cable. <laughs> <laughs> Looking great, you know. Was that was I was all into it. You know? That's great. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, Shotgun Rebels, thank hey. you. Love my Killy Fuzzbender. Great Fuzzbender. Fuzz yes, thank it is. you. The Fuzzbender is uh, a tone bender with an active EQ after it. Oh, I nice. wanted I wanted a way to spice up the bass and the treble and you can't do it in a passive way so we put an active eq after it and then creighton who who designs all our circuit boards um he came up with this uh clever way of having that gate control so we could get a sputtery type of fuzz sound but we didn't we wouldn't have as many volume issues when you engage that feature so Mm. the fuzz bender is pretty cool it gives you a, a really you know excited 
fuzz sound where you have more control over the bass and treble than you would normally have. Mm. And then it's got that kind of Jack White or whatever right. flatty fuzz sound that's really fun. Yeah, Dave loves that. <laughs> Is that your favorite sound? <laughs> broken, broken funs, fuzz. Broken, 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 broken sounding fuzzes. The ones that sound really broken. Yeah. <laughs> I, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> They're fun. Uh, psionic audio. Thank you. Uh, hey, guys, thanks for doing these shows. Really cuts through a lot of the forum clutter. Good right. for everyone. Oh, well, Lyle, thanks. we want you to come on the show. So I'm officially asking you. So now hey. you have to get back to me. Yeah, oh, email email Dave. <laughs> or you can email me, tonetalkmark at gmail.com. You can say, I'm not doing it. <laughs> no, you, you, said, you said actually in the chat, he goes, but my whole shtick is not showing my face. We could just put your company logo in the, in the, uh, in the spot, and you can just be a voice. <laughs> yeah, I could do that. I actually could do that. It'd be a little boring, though. <laughs> Uh, modern vintage, Dave. If you made a custom one-off amp based on a BE circuit with cost production parts reliability not being concerned, only using the best parts, what would be different than what's in a 100 deluxe? I don't think much of anything, because I, I mean, <clears throat> uh, I don't know what I would use different. Then. I already use really good parts. Um. Maybe maybe pots. I could I could use the you know twenty dollar a pot, you know yeah. pot. I can use the PEC pots, which are anywhere from fifteen to twenty dollars per pot. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, and how what's the Crazy. just? It won't sound any long, different. They'll last it's longer. Not, that's basically. It's not going to sound. Maybe. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's maybe questionable. Okay. But um, I mean, they're made. They're nice, beautiful pods. But um, that was the. That's the only thing I think I would do. In fact, I've been wanting to do that on the amp, <laughs> just because. Yeah, why not? But it won't change the sound. No. Hmm. Okay. Um, I heard. Yeah, someone just wrote uh, music therapy, Laz. Back in the U.S. after a visit to Henning's 42 Gear Street. Oh, fun, fun. Having some palinka from Hungary. Apricot brandy flavored rocket fuel. <laughs> okay. Now you're just bragging, man. What the yeah. <laughs> Where's ours? Save us some. Yeah, I, got, I, got I got tuna salad waiting, you know. <laughs> apricot brandy with the tuna salad. Yeah. yeah yum. A tasty combo. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I hope you had fun at uh, 42 Gear Street. Yeah. Um, That's a fun hang. Yeah. He's, there, he's a... I, I, I did a video once where we taped Henning to a chair. <laughs> nice. I saw that. I, I have that a constant. Completely duct taped him to a chair. And then spun him around. And spun, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we put his coffee cup just out of reach where he couldn't reach it. <laughs> That's too funny. Uh, Ted Fur, thank you. Uh, hey, Andy, I was wondering if you could play something on the Halo Rackman default setting. Uh -huh. That setting forced my hand to buy a Halo. Well, it's uh, Rockman. Uh, that's right. S S SP minus one.
So the rock band setting he's he's mentioning is a it's another it's another uh, multi tap on the halo that as we were looking at other other um, things that we could add to it in addition to my normal dotted eighth quarter. Robert was asking, well, what other echo multitaps might you like? And one was that we went after was like the the Shadows Miazzi tape echo, the Hank Marvin thing. But this then I had this old um one of the rack mount rockman units, the Tom Scholz unit. And in his subdivision was three hundred versus five hundred in varying degrees of, you know, where we moved the slider, but it's a different kind of feel to it, right? <laughs> Shows ever used it in Octavia, but I was just in the mood. So it's just a different rhythm, you know, not really changing much besides the rhythm. It's just pretty much still the halo essence with how we're doing the uh, the modulation and such. If you play some Boston Licks, you can just pretend, you know. Man, I that that's a guy. Let's, can you get Tom Scholes to come on your show, guys? Because that would be great. Wouldn't that be fun to, to open yeah. up that guy's head a little bit? Because he's oh, just yeah. never seemed to have really addressed how the hell he did what he did. Talking pre-Rockman, but that first record, you know, and into Don't Look Back. Still some of the greatest guitar sounds and performances. And, mm-hmm. you know, he's just never really, we kind of know-ish, right? But, man. Come on, Tom. Let I us wish he would. I wish he would come out and surf, you know, yeah. and do some interviews. And yeah, I, I mean, it's such a big fan. I, I did go to see him. I, I saw him on the Don't Look, Don't Look Back tour back in '78, and it was monumental. You know, blew my mind, my little teenage mind. But then, uh, you know, seeing him in the last ten years or so, it, it, the the whole mix actually did sound like it was being mixed on a Rockman. Sorry, Tom. You know, but it it was even the drum sounded like. They had all that same kind of processing on it, but mm. so, uh, but still great because it was him playing guitar, and I'm a huge, I'm a huge fan. Mm. But there's something about pre, you know, all the all the stuff that he invented, which was just legendary, iconic stuff. That, like I say, that was my rig back in the day—a Rockman through an amp, you know. Yeah. Uh, but man, th- those records still hold up in in a huge way. Oh, I can listen to Boston first <laughs> it's album. Just, it's just incredible, man. I mean, I used to just like I uh, was yeah. grew up in high school down here, and it was yeah. just, like, going to the beach, Boston. You yeah, know, was, we used to <laughs> that that phrase on the back of of the record that said "better music through technology." So we were all like, "Okay, this has all been invented by computers, and it's this all f- trickery," you know, not really knowing what the heck that meant. But yeah, what right. a brilliant, brilliant guy, and just an incredible, really kind of underrated as the musician that he is. That's him playing the B three stuff on you know four play, long time. It's just his chops are incredible. <laughs> Just great soulful bending, you know, just just magic. Just magic. And Brad Delp, what a singer. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh my God. He had his perfect his perfect singer, didn't he? You know? Yeah. Because isn't it Tom playing all the instruments on those trout on that that first record particularly? Like 
I'm not sure about drums, but I maybe maybe not direct, drums. Okay, yeah. even got the impression it could have been that. But yeah, it makes sense that he could one man bandish kind of thing. But yeah, Amazing. still holds up and still miraculous. So come on, so, Tom. yeah, Tom, if you're listening, come on. <laughs> and you know he is. <laughs> he's right. keeping up. Knows, he's <laughs> keeping up with the kids. What are those yeah. kids? What are those kids up to? <laughs> uh modern vintage with another question uh did you guys see the gibson collection video with slash that came out yesterday i mm -hmm. did watch part of it uh i almost rig in the back. got it <laughs> oh you almost clicked so I your rig clicked. is in the back dave i don't know i didn't watch it no <laughs> yeah i just I, I, at least I, I i gotta finish watching it that's one of those things like i want to throw it on the big screen tv like i always watch it on my phone and i'm like you know what i yeah I should throw it on the TV. Um, but that's cool. Uh, how you guys doing on time? We got. I know we have questions. I got tuna waiting, man. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> it's, in the it's in the fridge. I think. I think I can wait. Yeah. It's okay. better. It's better when it's more chilled. So you know. Yeah. Uh, Christian Daniel. Hey guys, Robert. Can you talk about what your goal was behind the Supro Keeley amps design? That that was something that came out a few years back, and uh, I think Dave Coltai and I just really enjoyed working with each other, and uh, he made me a custom uh, Supro amp for a, uh, a NAMM show, and he put the Keeley logo on it, and it, for some reason, just looked great like that. And I, I tell you, there, there wasn't... He sent me several samples, and I enjoyed what him and, I guess, Bruce Zinke were doing and the other guy that was involved in in his part of, of finishing up the design. But I, I really just kind of liked what they did. The effects loop worked just perfectly fine, and I hadn't, I hadn't used a lot. I hadn't used effects loops a lot. I actually plug in more into the front of the amplifiers myself. And so... Uh, that that's that's really about the extent of it. It wasn't it wasn't a lot except for a good friendship between Dave Coltai and myself, you know, and we liked the way it looked <laughs> and and it made sense uh that I could have a, a pedal friendly format amplifier um that was set up for that and instead of having reverb or tremolo in it like it might normally have, you know. Mm -hmm. So um I, I, I really uh, had a had a lot of fun. Just working with Dave because he's a crazy guy. Yes, yeah. he is. <laughs> <laughs> okay. so, uh, uh, modern Vintage again. Thanks, man. Uh, Robert, what is it about the Katana V1 that makes it truly the best? No matter what amp, it just makes it better and beautiful. That feel, the, the feel is amazing. Well, there's probably... It comes with both of my licks, like Andy said. <laughs> it comes out. It's, one of it is my little capacitor trick to, uh, you know, round off some of the annoying highs and uh, making sure the distortion is properly even ordered. I don't know, you know, something like that. The three quarters power law, something about that in into the distortion. Um, so, but thank you. It's it's just I, I think it's just a pleasing sound because of the way JFET's distort. And uh, I rolled off some of the highs and I didn't allow too much bass to come through and it makes for a great preamp, you know? <laughs> it, cool. it's, 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 it's is that the same, is that the same one that's on the workstation also? 
it is very similar, but it, it probably is not identical. No, that circuit would be a little bit different. It's it's a clean boost and it does have JFETs in it, but I don't think it has the voltage doubling. Mm. So that, that workstation one is a little bit different. The mini mm. one is a little bit different, but pretty much all the big box ones, almost all the big box ones are the same. Gotcha. The way we make it now is the same as, as D1. We went back to the very first original days. I'll have to grab one. Cool. Uh, Alex B., Andy, how did you like the Mesa Triple Crown? Do you use one yourself, Dave? <coughs> have you come across one yet? I, I had one for a little bit. Um, you know, I, I, my um, relationship with Mesa is lengthy. You know, it goes back to the early 90s. And, uh, you know, I, I resonate with some of their amps, not all of them. I use their, um, remember their, the Maverick, the uh, EL8, EL84 mm -hmm. amp called the Maverick. In my first couple of tours with Olivia, that was kind of the, the perfect amp because I, you know, a little chimey single coil with the compression in front of these, you know, EL84 amps that sounded really nice. But when the Lone Star came around, that was the first one that I really full on board, like this is really working for me. Um, the Triple Crown just didn't quite have what I was liking out of the Lone Star, so it didn't last that long for me. But uh, it's, it's a great head. I know that I've got friends that use it that, that love it, but it just wasn't for me. Okay. Yeah. I've never been around one in person to answer the second half of that. So. Yeah, okay. Christopher Crooms, thank you. Hey, guys, great show tonight. Andy, you get great single-coil tones from your Ibanez SIG. Oh, uh, impressed at the tone and didn't expect that from dual-blade pickups. Can you talk about the pickups and the guitar with examples? Yeah, so it's... Um, they are humbuckers, but they're kind of voiced like a single-coil. Mm -hmm. They're a little beefier, and this—it it was kind of a happy accident for me when this guitar, this pro, this is a prototype from 1994 that I've been has built for me that ended up being my signature guitar. Um, originally had a um, a Seymour Duncan Jeff Beck in it, and these two Demarzio Cruisers. It was just literally on the recommendation of a guy that I was working with named Bill Comiskey at uh, uh, one of the higher ups at Ibanez. Yeah, just try these pickups. Okay, great, I'll try them. And I because I thought it matched nicely with the Bucker if I was going in between sounds. Um, it just kind of stuck. I love a vintage single coil tone, but of course these are a little quieter and a little, a little hotter maybe. So, but I could still get a. Still get a bit of that chew. After many years, that, well, now the, the the pickup that's in the bridge now is a is a custom bucker they make for me that Steve Blucher designed called the AT1, and I finally put a tap on that, which I didn't think was going to sound good, but after 20, 20 years or so, I thought well, I'm going to try it. So some of that jangly, there's the bucker tapped. 
made me think about uh, the Pete Townsend earlier. Yeah, so yeah. Some oh. of the best guitar playing ever. That guy. Oh my god. Oh yeah, the, his his rhythm playing is just immense. <laughs> it's just crazy it's, good. It's insane that yeah. Live at Leeds record. So when would he have had the Dynacomp? Because when when was that pedal invented? There. You know what? I ran into this. Oh, the script Dynacomps were yeah late. Uh, uh, late seventies, I think. Okay, I think late seventies. Yeah, I was gonna say so. Not so. Light leads was what sixty nine seventy. Yeah, it wouldn't be there. It was. I think so it was those... a phone bender originally. Boosting. Yes, I think you're right. And and then later it went to the mm. Dynacom. But that thing about the the live at leads, there was some kind of tape echo being uh being put on the tone at the at the mixing board because mm -hmm. you can hear it when he backs down the gain and it, it's got a little bit of that. You know the modulation with those out of tune repeats. It's, that's one of those early documented versions of mm. what we're doing here. You know, it's yeah. just really beautiful. And of course, he's kind of bending the neck around too to to kind of help get into that that space. But God, there's some beautiful tones on that record. So magic, right? Ah, very good, uh, Pete. David Brochi, uh, Robert, what do you attribute to Oklahoma becoming the pedal capital of the universe? <laughs> yeah, goodness. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I try to make it a fun place to, to work. And um, I've been inspired. I've met some great people and inspired people that this pedal business is a great place for guitar players that are out of work. <laughs> so um, <laughs> that's that's what it is. Uh, yeah. There's there's not a, maybe a lot of things to do in Oklahoma. So when the notion of pedals comes up and getting a job doing pedals, that sounds like you should put your time and effort into it. So I think we, we've got a lot of great musicians and, and uh, I, I, I'm not, uh, I, I like sharing how I've done it and how I think about things. And I think that inspires other people to go, heck yeah, I can do that. I can put those sounds into a box and market it. And, you know, I, I can see how I can steer the sound of a, a pedal uh, or an electronic circuit and, um it's fun making pedals so <laughs> how many employees do you have now we have 35 wow yeah i i, I enjoy it that's so. great Incredible. uh andy any plans in the future to play with simon phillips again you know not not on the calendar at the moment but i would i would say that will likely happen you know uh so so much respect for simon you know as a incredible writer and obviously a great <clears throat> great musician so we, we we truly enjoy working together so i would say there's good potential for that depending on schedules and you know yeah he's crafty that simon yeah he's great uh <laughs> great player learned a lot um, from him yeah michael Manchisi, thank you oh, uh, hey, michael all right man My andy st Watch louis in the house ah you know michael yeah i do I, we've uh i did a house party for him Ray's a good got a, he's a guitar player up in st louis and uh yeah we cool. uh, had some good times together very cool he said he watched the sydney dvd with the living oh, john yeah reminded me how good that catalog of material was your line six solo on magic is still all you uh hoping for stage it when the time is right <laughs> he had to bring that up yeah there was there was yeah, there was times when I was using a pod on that gig when we were working with the orchestras, you know, because uh, volume was such a, an issue and I'm traveling, of course. So I would beat the heck out of my guitar getting tone out of a pod sometimes. Not always. Like I said, those early <laughs> tours, I had my 
my Mavericks, etc. But anyway, yeah. good to see you, Michael. And I'll be back on stage it soon. Absolutely, maybe maybe next weekend. We'll see. Yeah, stage is the platform that I use when I'm doing my uh, live stream gigs. Oh, is that? Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. So that's job. the that's the the live stream platform. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Um, uh, yes, yeah, just stage dot com. So you, I, like during the pandemic, I did two shows every Saturday. Um, from the very beginning of, of the pandemic, I saw a buddy of mine. There's a band called Bowling for Soup. If you've ever uh-huh. heard of these guys, yeah, kind of yeah. a really nice yeah. power pop rock band. And then they're actually from this area. And I know the singer a little bit. And I saw him posting on Facebook, hey, catch me on stage at 2 p.m. U.S., 8 p.m. U.K. You know, I'm like, oh, great. He's doing two shows. Of course, that was just the time difference. <laughs> but, but I got it in my mind. We're doing two shows every Saturday. That's what I'm going to do. So I got a hold of him. Said, hey, man, teach me about how you're doing these live stream gigs. Hook me up with the, the company. So he did. He gave me some pointers. And for, very fortunately for me, my longtime recording engineer lives two doors down from me, Rob Wexler, who's he's handy with all things, you know, computer and, uh, and audio. So kind of figured out a system for me and then i just again i just had it in my head i'm going to do two shows every saturday and it worked out great because i had i had a gig to look forward to every every weekend and uh yeah i had work (laughs) that's great uh eric johnson uh says a a freeman would look good in that fawn tolax (laughs) (laughs) ej in the house yeah you can't get it you can't get it that fawn color you can't get Wow. You can get other things that are kind of somewhat close, but it's not this it's not right. Interesting. Hmm. They could put a man on the moon. You <laughs> <laughs> can't get Fontolix. Hey, there that. you go. Lyle answered. All right, he's on, he's in. All right. Speaking of that, I hear we're I going back to the moon. Face, we're going back to the moon, I heard. Are we really? I heard yeah. something about that. Yeah, our Project Artemis. Hmm. Is, it, is it Space Force? Uh, I think it's NASA. <laughs> too, too soon? Steve Carell's in there somewhere. I don't know. Okay. Uh, the Fuzzy Monsters, thanks. Robert, tell us about the Time Machine Boost and the George Lynch edition. Ooh. Yeah, that, when that pedal came out, uh, David Zabatos and I uh, had a partnership, and David is out there and California, and he had struck up a friendship with uh, several people, including George Lynch. And George was getting into vintage equipment, or and uh, that time machine boost is essentially. Would it be this? Oh, look at that! (laughs) Wow, just so happen to have in my back pocket. That's that's well. I I was reading. I was reading in the chat that some something Uh. said something about this, and I'm like. Oh, that's what he got. Wait a minute. Okay. I have Pete Thorne sitting on my desk. It's Pete's. <laughs> yeah. And wow. Because, because the switch is funky, I got to change the switch. But um, oh. but yeah, so that, 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 that that's is, what we're talking about here. Those, those are really cool because if you take, you look at the inside circuit, it's all point-to-point wired. And mm. uh, those are really cool pedals. And it's just a Dallas Rangemaster, a treble booster. Oh, and. Wow. Um, that's, that's where the, the idea of the Katana, um, first was implemented inside that time machine boost, that modern boost. Uh, I took apart and, and called it the Katana when I released it under my own brand, Keely Electronics. So that's actually the first place you see the Katana circuit. Yeah. And George Lynch, George Lynch was, was really getting into 
uh, I guess a bunch of marshals, as I recall it, and the sound of, of a treble booster pushing wow. those amplifiers is absolutely gorgeous. Yeah. And so wow. he, uh, I think we made some changes where I just uh, changed the little input cap on, on his version of the treble booster. Um, and then, then David Zabatos had designed the, uh, the killer graphics for that George Lynch one with all the little teeny skulls everywhere. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we did those. There, on, on certain occasions, I think we even color-coded the wiring. Like for a Halloween edition, we did like brown, yellow, and orange or something like that, you know? <laughs> and 4th of July, we had red, white, and blue wiring. And so oh, that's there's, cool. there's, there's all kinds of fun stuff with those early time machine boots, you know? That's awesome. Very yeah. cool. Uh, Stephen Massey, Dave, are you still working on a Richard Fortas amp? He mentioned something a while back. Uh, yeah, that'll probably be a limited a limited run of that um, McMars Jose that he sold. Mm-hmm. So yes, if I can get around to it, I mean it's it's this has been like production problems and things and this and that. It's just um, it's hard. Yeah. Well, count me in on that one. It's for a Jose Martin, Mar, Mini Marshall. Mm. Oh, it's not Mini. It's a, it's a 100 watt. Oh, it's going to be a 100 watt. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, there's nothing hey. Mini about it. All right, then forget it. Forget it. <laughs> Thank you yeah. for 100 watts. I'm a 100 watt. It has to be, yeah. Sean. 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 Dude, you could have just texted me. You didn't have to pay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Andy, I truly appreciate you, man. I've got a lot of de- demons and dragons that chase me as a guitar player, and mm. every time I see and hear you play, you make me smile. <laughs> truly oh, inspiring. Well, we all have demons and dragons and all kinds of things chasing us, don't we? But uh, well, that's I'm humbled by that, and it means a lot to me, brother. Thank you so much. We're all in it together. We're keeping each other going, right? No doubt. If, if I add anything to that, I'm I'm very uh, very happy to hear that. I'm very humble. Thank you, man. And Sean, you're an amazing player. Heck yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely amazing player. So uh, keep up the great work. Um, Modern Vintage, thank you again, dude. You are on yeah. fire tonight. Yeah, you are, Dave. I have a second BE100 Deluxe. I want to run 6550s in. Which 6550s do you like best for the amp, and what should the bias be? I think the real question will will be is what can 6550s can you get? (laughs) Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. The only ones I put in the amp before were KT88s, Electroharmonics KT88s, which are basically a 6550 derivative. Um, So they're the only ones I've actually heard in that amp. Now, I would like to say if you could get your hands on a set of old GE 6550s, good luck. Might not get those, and they might be really expensive. Um, of course, anything 6550 is really expensive right now. Um, uh, those would be the ultimate if you can find a good set still, but I don't know if you can. Hmm. Okay. Uh Guitar for a cure. Ah. What's up, Peter? Pete Gizmodo. Yeah, what's up, Pete? Uh, Andy, love the uh, Danger Danger reunion show, I guess, Long Island, I guess. Uh, you did a Yeah, we did. We did a warm up show in Long Island before going to Japan for some gigs. Yeah. Incredible show, he says. Any chance that performance will see the light of day? Oh, I, I don't know that it was recorded. 
Mm. Um, I would think it's on YouTube the way things go these days. I have, I have no idea, to be honest. How many um, years ago was it? Duh, that's a good Peter. Maybe he would remember what, what year it was. Again, my chronology is horrible, but maybe, maybe six, seven years ago. Um, we did a handful of shows. There was a, a, a festival, an annual festival called Firefest that was going on in Birmingham, England. And they were going to do the last year. They, they basically got all the 80s bands to come over and do shows and do, do, do these festivals. And uh, they were the first people to come and say, hey, would, you, would, would the original band reunite, you know, all five original members? And Because we hadn't done any shows since 1992. And so, again, this would have been sometime in the early 2010s, I suppose, at some point. And, and it, it, enough time had passed. We were all like, yeah, let's, let's do this, you know. And it was a lot of fun. It really was because I hadn't. We I've been in touch with the guys, you know, basically. But and there's a, obviously anytime you're in a band that's together and touring, it's a pretty intense thing, and uh, you bond in a very in a very deep way, obviously. So it was great to get back together and do do those tunes, and and the, the actual festival in Birmingham was a huge success. And then we did three shows uh, in Japan, I think it was. Uh, but I don't know if there's any any recordings out there available. There must be some, you know. I'm sure, there's YouTube stuff. There must be at some point, yeah. Yeah, I I'm not usually typing in "danger, danger" when I'm doing my searches, but it could be it could be out there. <laughs> but I'm glad I'm glad you dug it, Peter. Good yeah, to, good to see you on here, man. Thanks, Peter. Yeah. Uh, Kenny Shipman says, uh, "Dave, any plan to sell a four by twelve slant cab? Man, those non-caster straight cabs sound amazing. Just heavy as hell." Do you really uh, think this land cab is going to be much less weight? I was going to say, what, I mean, you're what, only what are we cutting off. It, it's all the same wood. You're only shaving off like maybe a handful of wood. Uh, so I don't really think. <laughs> I think it's going to weigh the same amount. So, uh, Stephen Massey, thanks again. Andy, do you got any new pedals coming from JHS? I got no new pedals coming from JHS. But like I say, maybe we may do a version three of the of the of the at. People call it the at pedal, which makes sense because it's the at sign. But it's it's the at pedal. Um, uh, not, nothing in the works. I know Josh has been. <laughs> he's a busy guy, but uh, yeah, maybe maybe somewhere down the road we'll see. I know Robert and I have some some things we'd like to work on. So it uh, is fun. What, what I like working with Andy the, the most is it's not only the humor, which is first rate, but uh, <laughs> but actually it, it it's it it requires us to stretch as a team to try to get the skills needed to build those sounds that he wants to hear. So it it it's been so rewarding because it pushes us so hard to to make better sounding circuits. So yeah, hmm. working yeah. with Andy has been a blessing. <laughs> well, you didn't you didn't need oh. much help, but I'm I'm no. just happy to have you on board with me. Well, you gotta have you gotta have somebody calling the shots. <laughs> that doesn't sound good enough. <laughs> <laughs> we got the you guys. You went the you went the distance, man. That's for darn sure. <laughs> Oh, that's great. I got a question yeah. for Dave. Dave, uh -oh. I heard something about, and this might be nothing, but I heard that Western Electric, the people that make that 300B, were, yeah. were, were threatening to make uh, 6L6s. Has, has anything ever surfaced more about that story? Uh, they were threatening to make, yeah, guitar-related <laughs> tubes, but we have not seen that <laughs> at all yet. And probably, if we do, we won't see it for years. Right, I would idle think. current threats. Um, huh. Idle, yeah. idle current threats. Uh, Darn, that would be so cool to have an American six L six. It would. That would if be great. It'll be yeah. expensive. How much are they going to be? Uh, you know, that's the question. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. But if they sound really good. It's $200 a tube. Ooh, no. Oh, come oh, on. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't doubt it. I wouldn't doubt it. I know. Uh, That's the problem. I wouldn't doubt it. Uh, Dave Doherty. Thank you. Hey, Andy, can you talk about the AT1 pickup? Heard it was based on a JB. Curious if that was the case and what sonic changes did you make to it? Yeah, it's exactly. That was that was the the starting point for sure because that's what was originally in the guitar. And I like that pickup. Um, Steve Blucher just did some tweaks to it. I think um, beefed up the low end maybe a little bit and maybe, um, I don't know how to use these words, but yeah, sweeten, sweeten the top a little bit. Uh, but that's about the, 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 you'd have to talk to Steve Blucher to see what exactly that he did. But I ended up liking it more than uh, that original JB, which is handy, obviously. Um, but that's all the info I have. But it did it really did start off as the, as the JB for sure. That was the starting point. So is it hotter than a JB or is it? Uh... Definitely not. No, Definitely okay. not. No, I wasn't going for anything hotter necessarily. Uh, yeah. Just uh, just trying to sweeten the tone the, the best I could. But mm-hmm. yeah, none of these pickups are, are that hot, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess DeMarzio did kind of get started off as the Distortion Plus guy, you know, and then the hotter the better. But I tend to like stuff that's not quite as, as uh, brutal like that. Right. Uh, Eric Johnson. Uh, by the way, I love your music, Eric. <laughs> exactly. Uh, the local guitar shop is selling pedals called the Keeley Moon Fuzz. Is it a take on another pedal, or like what is it? Yeah, it's it's our take on on an op amp fuzz circuit, and uh, we Creighton and I had a notion that we could um, really really exaggerate the low end response. If we if we made a change to the circuit and added a capacitor in, in the in the feedback loop, and it worked so well, it was it was it was comical how how much response was there, unlike any other muff I had heard. <laughs> so so we we had a field day with it, and we I, I debated. I went back and forth for a long time, going ah, this is just not correct. This is a lot, <laughs> you know, and so. It's it's based on an op amp uh, fuzz and and uh, but it has our own twist in it and uh, there's there's quite a few other things that are different but the the bass response is out of this world and it's a, a way that I had never done it before I usually I just tried to make sure there was you know capa- big enough capacitors in the in the direct signal path but putting this cap in the feedback loop. Uh, opened it up for a very exaggerated sound. It kind of sneaks around the diodes and doesn't get as clipped, so you have this very forceful bass response. And ah, cool. It's kind of hysterical. Yeah, it's really bombastic. <laughs> does, it, does it work? That's good a good bass? commercial right there. I want one. Does it work good on bass? Yeah, I, I think so. There's there's been some people that do some bass demos. It's it's kind of it, it, it's an exaggerated sound. It's definitely doomy. So, <laughs> you, it, it's got frequency response well below 20 hertz. <laughs> Let's there put it that way. There it's silly. Wow. Uh, Dalton Boudreau, thank you. For Dave, what's the main difference in the old SS head versus the new one? Uh, a slight change on the front end that makes it just a smidge more aggressive and percussive. And. Then you added a second gain and master for the lead channel, which it never had, and a system volume, which it never had. Hmm. So, um, 
all nice features. Kind of more of the deluxe feature set that I have in the BE Deluxe amp. Mm-hmm. Sounds, sounds amazing. Um, Geesberry, AT1 is a fabulous pickup. I have a few of them. More focus than a JB. A mm-hmm. JB with less slop. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Depending on how you're playing that day. I don't know about you, but... Uh, <laughs> no, right, well, I'm true. glad you, I'm glad you dig it. I, it's I've been obviously very fond of it, and it's been working well for me. If you dig it too, I'm very happy. Awesome, uh, Christopher Butler. Hey Andy, how's it feel to be the first guest on that pedal show to bring a dab to action? Bring dab oh, to Dan, actual Dan, tears, yeah. Dan, to actual <laughs> tears. I found that after I saw John Cordy do a video inspired by what you played that that did oh. it beautiful. I don't know John Cordy. I'll, I'll have to check that out. Yeah, we were. It was an interesting day because we had done three shows together. They have a band, that pedal show band, and they brought me over as a guest, and we did some concerts together. And then we were going to film an episode. But Dan and I, who have been very good friends, but we only ever see each other at Nam or there's a couple of bits where he's come out on on a tour to fix a pedal board or something. But we'd never really been in a room to tone quest. You know, and obviously at, at their facility there, they've got all these amps and stuff. And I had uh, actually Mick owned two Lone Star combos. So that's what I was using on the tour. And he put this uh, very, very hastily made uh, pedal board together with my main elements on it. But we thought, well, let's just experiment around. We had like 30 minutes before we were going to start filming. And we were going to try some different speakers. And he put me through um, some of his things he was using, but Mick had had this, he had this, um, vertical Mesa 212. Remember with the, uh, the metal grill that they used to have in the eighties, uh-huh. those Mesa caps. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So we had one of those, but had the two old, uh, EVM speak, you know, EV speakers in it, the 200, are they 100 watt or 200 watt speakers? Yeah. And so we plugged, you know, out of the, out of the Lone Star heads into those speakers. And I'm, again, I'm, in, I'm normally running vintage thirties in my, rectifier 212s that's what i've just kind of geared my tone around but man we put uh the lone stars into those speakers and but we looked at, i just played a chord we looked at each other and we we both kind of welled up like it was a thing <laughs> it was just, <laughs> this really beautiful warmth and detail was incredible and so we decided well let's mic that up and we started to do the show and i was you know they were it was it was kind of halo centric because that was the pedal that had just come out but we were going through all the stuff in my board and i ended up just playing this little uh a solo piece that i'd written you know and again it's captured it's captured nicely on the video but the sound in the room of course is always very different experience than what's coming through the, the the microphones and through your computer speakers or whatever but Daniel was in a place and it really moved him. And he, we literally had to stop filming because he, 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 he was brought to tears. <laughs> you know, I thought maybe because I was out of tune or something, but no, he, <laughs> it's a really sweet moment, but that's the Daniel's the, uh, he's that kind of guy. Music really moves him. And I really appreciate that about him. You know, it was very sweet, but I'll have to, I missed that. I'll have to remember the guy's name that you were saying recorded a video or something or, or a song based on uh based on that performance that he saw so could you post that question one more time for me uh, mark that yeah. we just i just want to catch the guy's name so i can to t- check out his video uh it was uh john cordy okay john okay. cordy i'll remember that thanks christopher i appreciate that and sorry sorry dan oh <laughs> uh, yeah well that's yeah it was all the halos just when you get this thing This this ambience, you know. 
inspiring you can just play some very simple things but it just kind of brings this magic to it mm-hmm. yeah way to go it. robert if that's what you're going for man you know. <laughs> thanks a lot <laughs> making dan cry <laughs> uh michael hordowitz thank you uh andy you rule mm-hmm. abe i have too many amps and want to try to and record with a friedman amp would you would you trade <laughs> Uh, one of my high watt DR one hundred threes for a BE one hundred, maybe. Hey, nice. Send uh, send me an email. We can talk about it. Ooh, enticing. Talk about it. Talk about it. Talk about I, it. Talk. I, that's it went further than I thought it was going to go. So yeah, there you go. Well, I kind of do want that amp. <laughs> <laughs> I do want one. The of things those, are so. negotiable. Like, he I must really have known don't that. Need it, but I I, yeah. I kind of want it. Right on, man. So things are. There's a possibility. All right. This is exciting. Keep us posted. Yeah. <laughs> Peter says, Andy, your tone is just another world. Unreal. Thank you. Yeah, Thank you, man. You're very kind. Work in progress, as they say, but I've got... It's in the hands. Well, in the hands. something. In the halo. Yeah, I have the halo. It doesn't sound... It, I don't sound like that when I put the halo. <laughs> Setting 1A, it's all in there, man. Come on. <laughs> uh, Dalton. Hello, Dalton. Boudreau again. Uh, Andy, your tone is mesmerizing. Oh, man, My old so teacher and bug Zach, Bud, Zach Early, introduced me to your music. He worked for Mojo Hand Effects doing NAM demos. Oh, nice. I remember the oh. Mojo Hand Effects guys. I've, I, have, I have a large stack of pedals over here, and there's some, some of those in there. I've had one of their fuzzes back in the day. Anyway, thank you, Dalton. I'm, I'm appreciative of your compliments. Isn't Mojo Hand... Uh... John Cusack, maybe? John Cusack. He, he, yeah, oh. now it is. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, okay. He, he purchased it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we've gone through all the questions, maybe. Wait, no, there's another one. <laughs> one more. One more. Randy Wilcox. Hello, Randy. Andy, I catch all your shows at the Iridium and look forward to your return. Thank you, man. Uh, your demo of the Keeley modded BD- BD2 Blues Driver 2 for clean tones on the pedal show in 2005 is why I have one myself, and my Halo is now on order. Hey, all right. Well, it's a good combo, this Keeley, the Keeley stuff, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I, you in, fa- in fact, I think that was the very first that pedal show dan and mick brought their recording gear my band was playing in london at a club called the borderline and the you know i'd i'd known daniel a little bit before hey mind if we come out and do a little interview great and they so they were just kind of getting their their feet wet and uh yeah i was honored to be the guinea pig i suppose but yeah i don't remember what demo i did i was just probably going through sounds well that might have been when i did the bit of the uh uh made Dan cry that day too so (laughs) (laughs) 
I wish we could get all the guests to play like this. Yeah, yeah right? <laughs> <laughs> you too. <laughs> but you have the perfect, you know, you have a setup there for it. I'm but, just, uh, I'm just, I, yeah, I'm more comfortable with a guitar in my hands, you know. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that was the blues driver there, the Keeley modded. So, sounds great. Um, yeah, man. But thanks all for the the kind the kind words out there. You guys are very sweet. Oh, we've got there's two more. There's more questions. Not two more. All right, Michael. No no more super chats, people. We're we're gonna probably wrap it up here. I think the cat's eating my tuna. Michael, Robert, you guys make an epic custom shop pedals. Will you ever offer the option of paying extra for a custom shop version of an existing pedal? I've really wanted to do something like that where people could upload their own images and then they could select a bunch of different knobs and we could probably get it through our print shop in in short enough order where it would be a fun process i think i'm just i don't know i'm waiting for the right thing to be able to offer that but when you're when you're trying to work with an artist like andy or you're you know (laughs) i'm getting a lot of blame here yeah yeah i'm blaming it (laughs) on you when you got when you got something that sounds so good you know (laughs) worrying about Custom pedals is custom graphics is not high on the list. So right, this is more inspiring. I, I think I'm getting ready to see Michael. Uh, he's going to come by and visit the shop. He's from out of town, and he's going to come by with his family and visit our our shop. Well, I'd encourage anybody that's traveling through I-40 and I-35 to stop by Keeley Electronics, and I'll give you a tour. Man, that's a um, very kind but, offer. But yeah, I would like to do something custom, like where you design your own pedals almost you know where you put the graphics on there the color and mm. i think we could crank it out pretty reasonably without too much difficulty but i'd have to get the web interface just right so that there yeah. wasn't a lot of questions and you know right, what I mean? right exactly so if, if build, i could do that it would be fun build your pedal mm. and be done right mm. um modern vintage again Dave, how much should new old stock GEEL 34, 6550s, or 12AX7s go for these days? You know, I have no idea, to be honest. Um, I don't generally buy NOS tubes, uh, so I don't know. But eBay eBay probably is like... eBay seems to have a lot of, like, NOS tubes. So Mm -hmm. eBay might be a good good source. Mm -hmm. You could spend a grand on a Telefunken 12AX7 with ribbed plates. 1500 probably you can just spend as much as you want <laughs> yeah and it's wow. definitely not worth it yeah wow. i mean it's like the final i mean i was just saying price. maybe if you if you if you could get a set of ge 6550s at somewhat of a reasonable price whatever that might be mm-hmm. um it would be cool mm-hmm. but uh, i i don't i don't necessarily believe in having nos tubes because a lot of times you're buying something that you don't know what you're buying and yeah. they turn out to be not good or they turn out to be microphonic and you can't use them. And you know, there's gotta be some guarantees here if you're going to spend money yeah. on it. Right. You're going to spend a thousand dollars. Yeah. It, yeah. For, just forget the thousand dollar thing. Just that that is just utterly ridiculous. You should never do that. <laughs> <laughs> good, good advice. Uh, straight tone talk here we go <laughs> straight up sessions with jeff uh thank you we need an australian triple header tour of andy timmons andy wood and hey greg. i would take that in a heartbeat man i love andy and greg a lot 
These guys are both awesome. monster monster players. We we we've we spent time together. We've done some shows together. So that would be I would, that would be huge fun, man. I would not not turn that down. So make it so, person with that question. You know, uh, we're getting Keep song. Coming. We're getting song requests. Can we get a taste of Electric Gypsy, Andy? Sure, sure. <laughs> riff from my first record awesome a few moons ago yeah uh let's go with uh lindsey tim's no question andy's the greatest have hey. a good night guys <laughs> thank awesome. you very nice well yeah not i'm not even the greatest in the room i've got my cat wrigley over here she's uh she's much greater than i am <laughs> <laughs> uh john purser says get andy's new album that josh produced outstanding uh, yeah josh smith uh great great guitar buddy of mine he produced my, my most recent record is called electric truth that came out uh april 1st i can remember that date of course um yeah no it was it was a fun record to do because basically i put everything in josh's hands he invited me to come record at the studio so oh, well, let's do this you know, I love my my band and doing my own thing, but it's it was really um, liberating for me to just kind of let go and say, okay, Josh, you pick the players, you produce. I'm just going to come in. I'll, I'll write some tunes. We wrote some tunes together, and uh, just see where it goes. And we did the the whole thing in two and a half days, right before NAM of 2020. And then I was going to come back in March to finish. Mm. Of course, nobody went anywhere in March of 2020, and I just finished it here at my studio, and then. Uh, Josh and his great engineer, he works with named Alan Hertz, mixed it. And I'm really proud of it. It's a really good sounding record. Uh, I'd, say, I'd say great sounding just because of the, the way the, the, just the organic tone of the drums and the bass and the guitar sounds nice. But uh, a lot of fun, man. Check it out a bit. A little funkier and bluesier than most of my usual stuff. So it was, it was a fun project. So I hope to, I hope to work to, with, more with Josh in the future. Really inspiring. Oh, my camera, my camera died. <laughs> oh, no. I think, I think that's... Uh, Maybe well, that's... except wait a minute. There, it, we'll, we'll, we'll do it with just yeah. the audio audio here. Yeah, okay. Yeah, no, what no, I can do though, no, my my camera overheats every now and then, so I think I can go. I don't know if I can go into the settings or not. Anyway. Well, we got. We, you can just play it out if you want, because uh, we have a big super chat that says, "Andy, can you treat us to a little Bohemian Rhapsody?" Oh, nice. Well, what section? I mean, that's not. There's no little Bohemian Rhapsody. It's like. <laughs> drag we don't have any though well you know what i can get into the settings hold on one second i think okay. i can i can switch it to the um camera if i go to it's gonna be a, not as please there you go <laughs> hey, see look cool. at all this all this mess you guys yeah. <laughs> I wish I could get her in the shot. Take three.
we have? <laughs> <laughs> Credits. Nice, nice request, but yeah, a little yeah, bit of beep. Yeah. Thank you, show me that beast. Really. Yeah, thank you very it. much. That was very generous of you. Um, if there's any, I think there's one more question and then we'll go. Uh, them fuzzy monsters always love to get your shit together and yeah, you want it. <laughs> screw it. Any fun tales on how they came together? Yeah, that, well, the, the, the tasty title, get your shit together, that was just an Aerosmith knockoff, basically, you know. I forget the riff at this point, but... Uh. The fun thing is that there's a little there's a little uh, audio before that. Would you please, please, please get your shit together from a movie called uh, Hollywood Shuffle by Robert Townsend? I'm not sure if anybody remembers that movie from the somewhere in the '80s, but the Wayans brothers are in it, and Robert Townsend. And a really low budget movie, but it's hysterical. And uh, that's a clip from that movie that was inspired mm. that inspired the title. Yeah, that's all you got. Fantastic. Ooh, a lot of Danger Danger fans on here. I'm some. Yeah, no, cool. There you go. Yeah. Well, get away I, from I me past. Thank, I want to thank you, Andy, Robert. Yeah. Thanks for coming on, guys. Uh, thank man. you very much. What a stellar great. show. Thanks, Mark great and David. Great being on with you guys. Yeah, yeah really, really enjoyed it. Sorry very I screwed nice. it up in the beginning. Oh, uh, dude, yeah. Sorry, my <laughs> camera camera, my, my, my camera got tired. That's all right. We, <laughs> my camera built. We adapt. We adapt. <laughs> that's right. Um, Guys, we uh, our next show is going to be with uh, Bill Landry on September 9th. Cool. Uh, and then we nice. also have Bjorn Jewell uh, from Mad Press Professor Petals. Oh, uh, nice. oh, how wonderful. He's crazy. 
I love yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. Mad, mad professor. We'll find out. Happily titled. <laughs> <laughs> nice. You're scaring me, but <laughs> exactly. no. No, no. He's correct. Well, I, <laughs> I mean, I have had some crazy drinking damn oh. shows with oh, boy. your and oh, yeah? okay. he's just a wonderful guy. <laughs> I like crazy. Uh, well, we're gonna have to break out the booze on the show. Yes. Though. Okay. Uh, he, he's he's a really smart, very very oh, yeah. impassioned guy. So yeah, but and I I just love it. <laughs> awesome man. Awesome. Well, you have to watch. Yeah. yeah. I, oh, yeah. I will. I will tune in. <laughs> yeah, he started. I think he started his own company because he's not with Mad oh, Professor yeah. anymore. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, so check that out, uh, guys. That'll be. I. I haven't confirmed with him on on when that date will be, but definitely September 9th with Bill Landry. And uh, and that's it. Check and out uh, Andy Timmons. What's that date? And more to come. More to All come. Right, definitely. Yeah. We'll do another ass date. Get off. Soon. Get off our asses and book some more. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no doubt. Andy, thank you so much yeah. for coming on and the amazing guitar work. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. It was amazing. And, very happy uh, to be here, man. Thank you, guys. Rob, thank you again. Thank uh, you. All right, You're guys. Welcome. Everybody have a great weekend. Hang on, guys. While I hang up, and okay. uh, we'll take take care, guys. Night.